you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 184. On tonight's episode, the Fat Monley's got a little black book. What is this? You know what? This is nonsense. I'm not even certain I want to listen. Just shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours or thereabouts, we will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you big announcements in AOS Return and the lost episode of Garage Gamer. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm Grand Admiral Thrawn. That's Last Jedi, yeah? No, no, actually, that's, uh, well, that's from the, uh, the Heir to the Empire series, which became known as the Thrawn series. He's not in The Last Jedi. He's dead by then. Great. <laughs> no, it's, it's if you've never re- if you've never read it and you like Star Wars, it's actually and it's on Audible. It's really good. Um, it was the first books that were authorized uh, an authorized sequel to Return of the Jedi, authorized by George Lucas himself. And Timothy Zahn wrote them, and it's a trilogy. It was called The Heir to the Empire. Now it's called the Thrawn Trilogy because Grand Admiral Thrawn, the villain, was just so awesome. Um, but. Uh, no, it was it was really good. Uh, the, now that now that Disney bought it, it, you know anything that wasn't sent out by them is no longer canon. Um, uh-huh. And the only problem with it is in that story, uh, Leia was pregnant with twins, and of course they didn't get the name Ben Solo, so it became non-canon, and then they couldn't re-release it because it broke with what they were doing on the movies. But Grand Admiral Thrawn was brought back in, so he's canon because uh, he's on Star Wars Rebels. He showed up already, so okay. He, he's he's trust me, he's one of the coolest villains they've had. He's uh-huh. so good, I love him. Plus, he uses his love of art to study other cultures and understand his enemies through their artwork. He uses the humanities to destroy his enemies. I teach humanities. I think that's fantastic. So for those keeping score at home about my percentages of getting your references right, don't count this one. No, that's fine. That's uh, Who's keeping score? You're at about a third. Yeah, but that's still an F, bro. Oh, dude. With the references I make, you a third is good. Like I, I realize at this point I'm just going to be throwing stuff out you don't know. So You've been doing that. But, you know, yeah. whatever. I didn't know if you'd know this one or not. Okay. But that's nope. neither here nor there. That's not important. You know what is important? The sponsors. We should thank them. We should thank them. I mean, this is, you know, their show. It's our show. <laughs> All right. So, any event. So, as always, you need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Unique Gifts and Games. In Grays Lake, Illinois. Nice, quaint Grays Lake. Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 There's the setup. Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all of your movement tray and basing needs. And forthcoming Shadespire terrain. Yes. I yes. They said they could at the very least get yeah some of that base some of the base sizes set up so you could put ter- work terrain on it. So I'm very excited to see what they come up with, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Dude, they do everything. They do some really cool stuff. I'm very. I like them a lot. Yeah, they're good guys. So, uh, also, we should thank our Patreon sponsors. 
the people who make a lot of the junk we do on this show possible. Uh, we have our associate producers, Phil Elliott and Shirley Tempel, and our executive producers, Bradley Graham and Misty Tempel. Um, thank you guys for all you do for the show. Uh, also, our newest sponsors, Chris Hewell. I think it's Hewell. And we <clears throat> are the Neon. No way. Yes, we are the Neon. Well, I mean, I don't know which person in We Are the Neon, like who's responsible for it, but they 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 are officially patrons of the show. Apparently, when you spend more time talking about the lore than the scrolls, you're uh, you're in good with the Neons. So, thank you all, guys, for being the almost one percent who make this show and everything we do possible. We are at actually almost one percent again, and I'm still thankful for all of that it's fantastic um all right so we thanked everybody who's helping out the show making sure things go good voicemail alex we have voicemail i know we have voicemail but you know i just can never remember the number one seven five seven gh show six that's one seven five seven gh show six international callers in most countries please dial zero zero then one seven five seven gh show six call after the show but we got a voicemail. I'm going to play it for you now. So hold on one second. Let me get this cranked up and play this. Hey, Dave and Alex. This is Corey from Omaha, Nebraska. Hope you both had some relaxing and fun-filled holidays. I just wanted to call in to plug a little bit about the Bug Eater GT. The Bug Eater GT is a tournament held here in Omaha, Nebraska, it's a multi-system tournament that has been running since 2011 to help raise funds for after-school activities for a local high school. Uh, this year, I'll be running the Age of Sigmar GT, the inaugural one, at the Bug Eater. It's going to be a two-day event uh, that takes place from June 2nd to June 3rd. Uh, 2,000 points, six games, and awards for Best Overall, Best General for each Grand Alliance, Best Sportsman, and Best Appearance. The Bug Eater also has a painting competition that's separate uh, from the Age of Sigmar GT called the Golden Gabo. That's where you can enter models into either historical, fantasy, or sci-fi categories. Uh, you can purchase your tickets now for the event at gt.bugeatergames.com. Again, gt.bugeatergames.com. If you're signing up for the Age of Sigmar GT, you don't need to purchase the weekend pass. It's included in the price of the event. And there's also information on the site to get a discounted rate on hotel rooms for everyone that's making a trip out here to Omaha. So if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to send me an email at cmcunis at gmail.com. And I'll, don't worry, I'm spelling that out for you. It's uh, C-M-I-C-I-U-N-A-S at gmail.com. That's all I got for now. Take care, you two. And there we go. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of info. Yeah. Um, so Corey and I have been chatting back and forth about this uh, since he's a new TO. So he reached oh, nice. out a while back, and uh, I've already signed up for this. I signed up the day the tickets went on sale. <laughs> so I'm heading out there, and then uh, John Wenger and Greg Dupuis are going to be coming with me. So we're going to have three guys from the Screw City crew heading out to that tournament. They got about 10 spots sold already. Um, so. I mean, that's obviously still a couple of months away, but if you can make it, should be a good time. And uh, if you want the website for it, I didn't hear it in his voicemail, but it's gt.bugeatergames.com. 
GTBuggyEaterGames.com. So it's GT.BuggyEaterGames.com. So you can register through that. They got a bunch of different events. They got Shadespire Friday Night 2, if you're interested. And then the GT, which is a six-game GT. So it's going to be a big deal. Nice. Yeah. So that's going to be good. And that's June 1st through 3rd in Omaha, Nebraska. I just wanted to throw out also Nova Open is doing a narrative event. And uh, Aaron Bostian, my buddy, sent me this email a while back. I guess it's being run by uh, Matt Tucker. And he's been helping out. He's going to be running the thing in in the 2018 at Nova. Um, Apparently, he's a really nice guy. And I was talking with with Bostian about it. And I've been meaning to, to talk to him and get info from him. Um, and I have just, it's been one of those things where I just haven't had a chance to get back to them. So I just want to shout out that if you, there is, you know, Nova Open is running narrative events as well. Definitely check that stuff out. I will have more info as I, as I get it available, but I have just been remiss in getting in contact with people I need to get in contact with. So that's just me. I'm a, I am a, a jerk and a bum. And oh, whatever. And Harrison's nodding because he's a tool. And then we also got an email from Adam down in Australia. Um, he sent us a very nice email, and oh, that's uh, right. He actually sent us a unofficial little source book that he's put together for his storm host, uh, the Heralds of Cassandora. Yeah, which I've not read it through yet, but I certainly intend to. It looks pretty legit. No, it's sweet, um, and, and he includes a whole bunch of cool stuff. The story, their heraldry, what's going on. He, you know, mm-hmm. he, he starts it in the Black Library fashion with Dramatis Persona, you know. Yeah, and it's, uh, and then he's got his army list at the end. It's just, it's, you know what? I like when people do this. These are really cool. You know, it's like they're making up all their own places and all their own things. Um, and mm-hmm. then you get this, uh, you know, uh, I think, I, I forget who it was. Uh, Tyler Mangle. Yeah. Yeah. Mangle. He was giving him out when, yeah, that's right. When he kicked my teeth in and that would, cause in that, uh, in that game, when he ran his, uh, chariots forward and parked him right on the objective and won at the end of turn two or turn one. Yeah. Well, he's but, a git. <laughs> but that's well, you know, the point. Tomb Kings aren't even a legal army anymore. Screw those guys. But Well, it's Desert Legions, and they're still legal. Yeah, but. Well, okay, you can keep saying that, but, you know, if you're uh, – I, I, I just like to tease people who are playing Legacy, the forgotten yeah, Legacy yeah. armies. So, um, so we had that, and then um, real quick, as long as we're on the plugs, I also wanted to put a plug into the Brew City Brawl, which is a – Grand Tournament going on in Milwaukee, uh, the 28th and 29th. So there is a Facebook uh, group for it. It's called the Brew City Brawl. It's being run by a good buddy of mine, uh, Brendan Melnick. Um, He's at hobby hobby underscore bear on Twitter, uh, if you're looking into that. So they've got that going on. They've got a couple of spots left. So The 28th and 29th? Yeah, of April. Oh, of April. Okay, you didn't say yeah. April. I did. I thought oh, I did. Did you? Okay, I must have missed that. I'm sorry. I was distracted. It's all good. I'm looking at the yeah. calendar going, wait, Sunday and Monday? No, silly oh rabbit. <laughs> um, no, so it's the 28th and 29th of April in 
uh, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you can make it out there, please do. Um, they've been showing up to a lot of the events around here. Um, we just, we'll talk about this later in the gaming section, but they did bring a lot of guys down to the tournament over the weekend and they're only looking to bring more. I think they have quite a few teams and players coming to Adepticon. So any love that we can throw up Milwaukee's way would be a really cool. good thing. Very cool. All right. Um, is that it for the shout outs? Uh, that's all I have for shout outs. Well, that's all I've got too. Let's take a break. We'll come back with the uh, Garage Hammer News Network and the Toolbox. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. <laughs> you did it. Good job. I can't help myself. It's oh, all right. There's so much stuff. So much stuff. And this and just there's ha- still like- people online complaining that we're not getting enough love. That that there's still it's it's that that 40k is still getting too much attention. We're like a couple of weeks into the year. We've got Maggot Kin and Nurgle going on pre-order. Well, we're recording. It went on pre-order Saturday. So that yep. comes out next week. Uh, GW is nice enough to send me a copy. And let me tell you what. That book's flipping amazing. Yes, it is. The lore is so cool. The stories are good. The book is just dumb. It makes me sad I sold my Nurgle army. That's coming out. New models. Malign Portents. Whatever is coming out for that is looking pretty cool. Um, there's definitely going to be, they showed the picture. We got a, the, the Legion, is it Legions of Nagash? Is that what it's called? Legions of Nagash. Yeah. Oh, uh, so good. And that's all in the first two months. Not even, this is just like since Christmas. Well, we had the f- Malign Portents going to be February. I thought there was something about February I no on there. Idea. I thought that's but, what was on the thing. Like since Christmas Eve, we've gotten the fungoid cave shaman, the Lord ordinator, Malign Portents, all of the Nurgle stuff, and then the peak for Legions of Nagash. Yeah. And this is just within a couple of weeks that we're getting yeah. all of these releases after months of drought. And I get it. There are a lot of people that are not okay with the Lord Ordinator because it's another Stormcast. But guys, if you look at... These four characters, the Queen, the Knight, 
the shaman probably the single coolest of them is that shaman that shaman's really cool harrison doesn't like he thinks it's gross with all the fungus growing on it he's like that is disgusting it's amazing it's so good Uh, and then the lord ordinator but the thing is those guys go into the largest number of allies spots that you can take with most of their respective grand alliances yep yep because slaves to darkness goes everywhere well for the most part and then same with the night haunt same with the Moon Clan, and then the same with the Stormcast. There's no reason for it not to be a Stormcast. I understand people are tired of them because it just seems like there's so many of them. But that's really where it should be. We've only opened you know? three of the seven chambers. We haven't even really we haven't hit the halfway mark. So get used to it. Yeah, and plus he's I don't know that guy does not look like a Stormcast to me. He looks more like a big human. Versus, well, he's not like he's a, not he's not wearing full plate. It's like because he's like an no. engineer or something. So he's like only partly because he's like the builder. Mm-hmm. He's like a stormcast yeah, he, sent down to build. So it gets hot when you're working. So he took off some of his armor. Like it's just the weirdest thing. I like it. Like I think it's yeah, cool. It's a great I like pose. everything. So what do I know? But yeah. Um, and then with legions and Agash, they've talked about like what's going to be in there. And there's like six new allegiance abilities. Um. And I've seen some people dismiss that as Grand Alliance Death 2.0, um, but honestly, I think that's a mistake, and I'm really looking forward to you guys eating crow. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't understand it, but Hey, I've learned whatever. not to poo-poo these books until I see them, because honestly, I've been poo-pooing the, the clan's pestilence since that book came out. And when we finally sat down and looked at it and read it, I was just like, "Oh, you know, we got we got people showing." Us. I got I've gotten uh, pictures sent, uh, things on Twitter, things on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. like I listen to the episode, and then they're showing the these stacks of Skaven stuff they bought. Yeah, because you know what? Everything that's come out has been pretty darn cool. Yeah, you know, and death. Uh, yeah, okay. It sucks that death is basically the vampire counts. I mean, that's that's what their whole allegiance is. But that's all the death is. It's the undead. I mean, it's what it's going to be. They got. They gave us some cool new stuff. I'm. I am confident that the things they're going to give us are going to be cool. They're not just going to stick us with the death allegiance. You know, the death uh, grand allegiance book, and just call it the the Nagash book. It's going to have stuff in it. I'm excited to see what's in it. Mm-hmm. And heck, I was, uh, dude. I'm already, I'm, I'm already worried that what. Okay, so we were talking on Facebook again. People on the Facebook page. Which, hey, if you're interested, if you like Facebook, we have the Facebook page. It's Facebook uh, slash Garage Hammer Podcast or something like that. Just look up Garage Hammer Podcast. You'll find it. But someone's like, oh, you know, are you thinking that? Do you think they're gonna get some attention this? And I'm like, dude, they're gonna be getting attention. Like you knew they had to stop to look at 40k. Just like they stopped 40K practically for about six months to put out all this Age of Sigmar stuff. Now, I mean, at the, and plus, do they put out 10 books for 40K in like six months? I think they only got like nine out, didn't they? I thought they demons got 10. Just, I thought Demons just barely missed that. Oh, okay. So, te- oh, so Demons comes out next week and that missed the end of the year. All right. So they got yeah. nine at the end of the year. But still 10 within, I believe, the six-month time period if this comes out on time. Yeah, but still, which is okay, bananas. I mean, exactly. And here's the thing. They have more to put out, 
But mm-hmm. they've been cranking this out. They're not going to, you know, it's not like they're going to stop putting out stuff to put out another 10 or 16. I'm, let me put it this way. If they put out one book a month, which they've been at a better pace than that. They've been at more like a book every three weeks, okay? If they put out a book every month and they switch between Age of Sigmar and 40K, that's six books this year. And we've already seen, we've got one coming out this week, January, and the Malign Portents, after the countdown, there was something up there that had a February date. I don't know which book it is. I don't know if it's a Nagash book. I don't know if it's whatever this Malign Portents thing that's coming out is. But there is definitely something coming out in February. I mean, I would. I, I said it on the on the Facebook page. I go, I, you know, I, I, this, I can't see them putting out less than those six books. I would be mildly surprised if they put out less than ten for each system over the course of this year. I would be mildly surprised if they put out less than ten, because there's so many things that they could do between campaign books, between uh, battle tomes, between codexes. And I don't know anything. Like I don't. I mean, when I when I get stuff, I literally get an email the week before it's going to show up saying, "Hey, something's coming." So I got no idea what's coming. But I would be shocked if you got less than six books, and I would be mildly surprised as I put up there uh, less than ten. Now, granted, if we get ten books for uh, for for Age of Sigmar, I'm guessing at least one of them will be Stormcast. <laughs> Maybe two. Who knows? Because there's no, four more chambers. There could be four more books. There could be four. There's four more chambers. Okay. Anyway. I'm, um, okay, now I'm just trolling all the people who hate Stormcast. I admit it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, there's so um, much coming. What else? And then we've got – well, they had all that. And then at the open day, they announced Thousand Sons is getting a codex. Yeah. Which we knew was coming, but now it's official. And then Adeptus Custodes, which is the Emperor's personal guard. They're getting a legit so – yeah. Book, finally. Which has some new units, at, at least new characters. Um, they have some new paladin units, and then I saw some paladins on jet bikes in the teaser video. Yes, which I saw awesome. that too. So there's a lot coming out, and we're only halfway through the month. So, And if you think about it, if you're already looking at that clock, they're going to have three books already for each system. By the end of this quarter. Yeah. So, that's pretty ridiculous. It's not even ridiculous. This is the way... They, hey, they, they need, hey, that's how you make money. And that's what I got money for. Yeah. That's, I mean, this at this point, they're going to get to Plaid at some point. But That's fine. They've gone to Plaid. Yeah. yeah. No, they really have. And I get... Mm-hmm. I'm seriously so excited. I mean, look at the stuff that's coming out in the next two weeks. They got a okay. They got a great unclean one, and yeah, he's 140 bones, but he's the size of the Forge World one. Yeah, he's actually a little bigger, and he's about the size of a softball. Oh. <laughs> and he's plastic, which is amazing. And now I think it was Terry Pike who had the little clips up uh, either on his YouTube channel. Or I, I saw a little clips on Twitter, yep. and he had magnetized all the options. Yeah, so, so he can switch between all three variants. Yeah. He magnetized well, actually, it's, the there's arms. a lot of different weapon combinations you can do with the basic Great Unclean one, but... Um, but he, he magnetized have, basically all the hands and all... And then the, and heads. the heads. And so, yeah, I mean... You got that. You got the, the, the feculent Gnarl Maw, which is that cool... Tr- that, is, that tree is pretty pretty 
awesome looking. It's pretty intense. There's a lot going on with that tree. Oh uh, yeah, and you know what? I don't. I, I Brandon said he's ordering one. Nope. It, he only ordered one, and I know he's he literally only ordered one. And I'm sitting there looking at this book. Oh, dude, they sell a three pack for a reason. You want at least a three pack. I would think three or four. Yeah, it's just crazy the cool stuff it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sloppity Bile Piper, which wins the award for best dumbest name. Best dumbest name and one of the best models that they've put out. Oh, I know. It period. looks so cool with the what, not the, including the nurgling. And they call it this. They don't call them bagpipes. What do they call them? They call them bile pipes. Bile pipes. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, and it's it's made out of bones and and like organs. Somebody's sacks. stomach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so gross and so awesome. The spoiled pox scrivener is okay. I'm not too certain about the giant trunk that leads down and spins around in the giant mouth. The Schnuffleupagus face? Yeah. But the rest of it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of Blights, that, the, the guy on the cover? Yeah, the new uh, oh. your hero. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he looks basically like the old Nurgle Lord with the tiny head with the helmet. And yeah, the, big the body. Lord of Plagues. Yeah, but he's got, the, he's got a different weapon now. And that shield, the fly shield, is so cool looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love it. Absolutely love it. Um, the Pusgoyle Blight Lords, because now you could put, now you could put the, uh, Blight King, the Putrid Blight Kings on, on flies to ride yeah. them. Because that's what they needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they oh. actually did. They did need a faster option. Brutal. Because um, the army as itself is fairly slow Not until anymore. this book, yeah. and then they will be very, very quick. But. They're um, going to spread their contagion quickly, and it, oh. Guys, wait till you get to the week. Oh, I can't wait to cover this. The talk about an army that I loved that's that plays to its lore. Now, yeah. oh, I'm so excited, dude! Seriously, I am so excited for this book. More excited than I've been, I think, for any book I've seen so far. There's some really cool stuff. Um, this one, it's just not only was I excited to see it, but after I read it, I was just um. I, ugh. I was I, I was telling Alex before the show before we started recording, I sold my Nurgle army a year ago and I didn't want to, but I had a I didn't I'm like I'm never going to get to it. There's it doesn't have a book. Like I'm working on my Stormcast. Someone really wants this army. It'll go to a good home. It's the only thing I've ever sold out of all this stuff I had that I regret selling, and not just because the book came out. I was always sad it was gone because I love Nurgle. But I read this book. Said, "God, I want to play this." And now I'm, I, I, I've, I sold that army. I'm not buying one again. Uh, oh, oh, I would. I know you would. But I got too much stuff here already that I got to catch up on. And it's gonna, oh, I know everybody's going to be playing it. I know. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people jumping on this pus train. Oh. oh, so many, so many beasts of Nurgle. Yeah. What do you think of them? I like them. They're. When I first saw them, I thought they were kind of like rocks with tentacles, uh, but they're very reminiscent of the old ones mixed with, like, the great unclean one. Um, so, I mean, I'd have to see them in person. They're probably, on the surface, the weakest release of it, besides the Scrivener. Um, but I think they will look better in person. I just don't know how I feel about those tube things coming out of their head. And They maybe had the those in the job. old metal versions, too. Um, Maybe not the didn't. pickles, not the 
ones that came out the last Demon release. Um, they looked kind of like a bent pickle, yeah. sort of. Um, but the older ones had all those tubes coming out of the back of them. Oh, that's so, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it definitely throw back on that one. I, 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 I like them. I want to like them more than I do. I just, you know, I just, I always pictured them as Shoggoths. That's what I always pictured Beast of Nurgle as. These weird, like Shoggoths from H.P. Lovecraft, and this with the weird faces coming up on them and stuff like that, as opposed mm-hmm. to just kind of eyes everywhere. I wanted just to, to be just like eyes and mouths. Uh, and this, it's just, it's not, it's not what I was expecting. So I'm not in love with it, but it is, I, I mean, I'm certain it's an improvement over the old metals. To be fair, doesn't take much. No. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, now I see now when I had my Nurgle army, I didn't buy into the old ones because I had two regular great unclean ones. And my plan was to get a third regular, like the tiny ones that, you know, the original, little $50 tiny metal ones, mm-hmm. and then get a Forge World Great Unclean one, because you can get them on eBay pretty good price, uh, you know, pe- people's used ones. And I was going to buy that for the big one, the Forge World one for my Great Unclean, which you don't need to now because they sell them, the, the plastics, uh, but then use the small Great Unclean ones as Beast of Nurgle because they kind of look like, you know, then that made sense. They looked like the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brandon's got my army, so he's got two of them. So he's actually considering. He's looking around on eBay now, saying, "Who's dumping the old little tiny, great, unclean ones?" Because you could probably pick them up for cheap now. Yeah, you could probably use them as a demon prince, though. Possibly, but I, yeah, I was. I know he because he was thinking he would use. He was going to go with my uh, my suggestion is make them. He's already got two. He's like, I get one more, and I could have three beasts of Nurgle, and just put them on the round base. And then you have little little great unclean ones with the big great unclean one. But that's just me. Like I said, I don't want to be too picky. I just it's such a it's so odd. Like I just I'll wait till I see it up in person because it could suffer from Mornfang and uh, uh, a bomb uh, syndrome, where you look at those pictures and went, "What is that?" And then you see it in person, you're like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." At least that's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Yeah, that one I'll have to wait and see in person. Yeah, uh, but then the uh, Puscoils can also be made into the Lord of Afflictions, right? Which is a hero on a rot fly. Because yep, because reasons. <laughs> and I mean, I get it. They're only a two pack. They did it. They gave them the treatment like they gave the Dracoths for Stormcast, right? And you know what? It's kind of stinky, but. You know what? That's fine. You're going to want to anyway. But what do I know? So, no. It's all good. Um, there's a lot coming out with this release. And if this is just a tip of the iceberg for what we're getting this year. Yeah. No, this is Gird amazing. your loins, guys. Because this is we're going to be in for a ride. Yes. Gird your loins. That's a, That's always good advice. Uh, okay, so let's let's go back to Malign Portance, though, because I, of course, now I saw all the cool the cool little animated sequences where like the the little picture sort of fills in as you're watching it. Those are all mm-hmm. really sweet, nice little previews. Um, I know people didn't like the timer counting down to basically more previews and more b- and behind the scenes. Everyone thought they were going to get to order stuff, 
which is what the countdown usually is. Uh, me personally, I, I was like, whatever. I was actually busy that day. I was on I was on Christmas break. I was still busy that day. I was running around doing stuff. I got home and sat down and opened up my phone, and I'm like, oh, people are angry. What happened? And it's like, oh, the website crashed, and then it didn't have stuff to order. Oh, oh. My, yeah, my, I can't I can't spend money fast enough. So. Yeah, but the big thing that we're getting out of this, like the article that came out with the final teaser video was the real star of that one, explaining a little more of what it is. And then we've gotten a number of short stories already about what's going on during Malign Portents, which are for free. Yeah, there's a good four pager. What? There's a good four pager in this month's White Dwarf, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had the other video with Phil Kelly um, actually talking about, like, mortal realms and what the realms are made of, what it looks like as a system. And that sheds a lot of light where it hasn't touched yet. Oh, no. And that I now I haven't got, I've only heard about this. I haven't gotten to sit down and watch it. I tried to watch it today at work and I could not load it up because where I I I could I couldn't use the work Wi-Fi cuz it would not run that stuff because I try to run anything from Games Workshop at work and it gets blocked. But then I turned off oh, the sure. Wi-Fi and I used the regular stuff on my phone, but it was running so slow because I was inside a concrete and steel mausoleum. So I couldn't get I couldn't get enough I couldn't get enough to download it. It just kept stopping after like three seconds, and it would take a long time to go and do another three seconds. And I'm like, nope, I'm gonna watch this when I got home. And then I didn't get to watch it when I got home, so I'm gonna watch it when we're done recording. But I've been just told it's amazing, and it's got a lot of great lore filled in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's another thing that I am excited to see that they're filling this out now. You know, yeah. It's, and it's looking great, and and you know, oh, they should have had this stuff when they started the game two years ago. Yeah, come on, give me a break. Just you know, just enjoy what enjoy the cool things they're showing us. You had a sandbox, now it's starting to actually take shape and form, and it's looking so cool. I'm I'm in no mood to complain. Mm-hmm. So, but that's just me. Quit complaining. Get off my lawn. So. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out. Yeah, and this is only January. <laughs> um, no, I think I think that's all of it. Okay. Well, well I'm certain there'll there. be more. I mean, and, and don't forget, there's also Codex Demons. Just Demons in general coming out for 40K as well next week. Yeah, and they added all these new units uh, that are the Demon units into the 40K universe. And they also added a uh, slime mix into the 40k universe as well. Huh. So, I guess he's in there too. Uh, they could bring sky. They're bringing in sky fires. Let them deal with that junk. No, I don't think they're bringing in sky fires. Oh, they're not. I don't know. Oh. If they are, have fun, everyone who plays against Thousand Suns. Oh, I heard they were. Um, That's why. Oh, well, in that case, I yep. forget where I heard it, but I heard him saying that. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so. we play 40K, too, so we can't even get away from them. Nope. That's okay, though. I got Ultramarines. Yeah, that's not okay. Anyway, so, is okay. that it for the news? I think that's network? it for the news. Do, 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 do. Good do, night. Do, God bless. Do, 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 do. Anyway. All right. 
so do we want to go toolbox. into the toolbox? Let's do it. Let's get to the toolbox. Because, um, well, yeah, we've only been going 20 minutes. Let's do the toolbox. And then get that going. Okay. Toolbox brought to you by Kazrick Superstore. And we've been hobbying. Yes. Why don't you go? Uh, sure. So I actually started a log of what I'm painting and the games I've played. Uh, not necessarily the hours that I've spent doing those things, because that to me would be really sad to see uh, just how much of my life I've pumped into this. So <laughs> I don't need to you know, have that reality hit me. But uh, so since our last uh, session... I finished putting together five Judicators, ten Flagellants, ten Liberators, and a Frostheart Phoenix. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's been busy. Um, and then I also finally put paint to a Realm Gate. I have one done already, and then I did this one in purple because I felt like painting something purple. Um, so it's going to look kind of like you're going to the Realm of Death. And it looks more like a Stargate because I did it like a water, like a water effect, because um, I like that look for them. So I did that, and then I also painted the Ard Boys uh, from Shadespire. Oh, nice! Yeah, that were that was a really fun crew to paint. I painted them like the Ash Eater Boys uh, from the Battle Tome. So it's black chipped armor with red and white accents in a paler green skin cool so it's something i just wanted to try something different i just wanted to do just the basic dark skinned oryx so Hmm. how about you well i have let's see what have i done um i also uh i got i got okay i got a, a this little black book last year uh it's like a little you know notebook but like you know, almost pocket sized, mm-hmm. and uh, I started last year. I started just doing my painting log in it. I did this last year. I wrote down the date and how many hours I painted and the time that I painted, and I kept track of everything throughout the course of the year. I went week by week, just you know, wrote down week. At the end of every week, I wrote down the total uh, for that week and the total running total for the year. And I got to December 31st, end of the year, totaled it out, 393.75 hours of hobby. And then you I wrote, see, and that's why I don't want to do it. <laughs> and then I wrote at the bottom, and what do you have to show for it? Because, like, I mean, most of this was, like, my Stormcast stuff and doing other hobby. Now, I also got to admit, now, this was not, like, intense hobby time because if that was I should have a couple armies done because I, I, I know I'm a slow painter and I kind of suck but I'm not that bad but I also usually like I'm watching Netflix or someone else is over we're like painting and, and like Brandon will come over with like paint and put on a movie so it's like it's not like all go no quit you know I mean there's times I stop look stuff up on YouTube to look for painting tips so um, it's like those are just the hours when I was sitting here in front of the stuff and, and working but it might not have been that much so what I decided was, and because then I got really interested, is uh, I'm going to be – I only use the first few pages of my journal because I put it like two weeks per page. So it didn't only use like the first – there's a lot of uh, space in this journal. 
So I started 2018, and so I'm writing down. Um, I'm using this for all my hobby stuff. I've decided to, to like be far more uh, complete. So I'm going to write down like you know, like today we started recording at about 8:15. So I'm writing that down in here and writing down all the things I did and how much time was spent on it. And since I was on Christmas break last week, um, I wrote down all the things I painted and how much time I spent on it. Um, So, like, I painted and based 20 Devastators. Uh, Actually, 21, but that guy's not in there. Uh, They're painted and based. Uh, I got eight painted but not based. Uh, I got five scouts that are painted and based. I got one that's not done at all. Like I got a clip. I got a. I got. I had to. I had points left, so I bumped it to six, and then realized I had only made five. So I went and found another. Got another one. Uh, I painted my Clexus assassin, but he's not based yet. Um, five armorium cherubs painted, not based yet. Marnius Calgar and Chief Liberian Tigerius are they're just primed. I haven't even really started them. Those guys got to get done. Um, that's all for Wapaka. Uh, Good grief, man. Yeah. And then, uh, 18 ogres from various different scrolls, because I had eight that were sitting in simple green, so I spent a while just sitting there and scrubbing them clean. Uh, you let those plastics sit in simple green long enough, like, the paint just eventually just kind of separates from the plastic almost on its own. Yeah. It's very easy to brush off. Yeah. Uh, then I had a box of ogres and a box of iron guts that I built and added those to it. Um, I can't, it's too cold to spray prime anything, but I have, I have the big quart of airbrush primer from Badger. Yeah. And so you can just pour that onto your, your palette and take a brush and brush that stuff on with the airbrush primer. And it works really nice because it's, you don't even have to, you don't have to do anything to it. It's already so thin. You can just brush it on real easy. It doesn't ruin any of the details. Works fine. So I, I hand uh, primed them, and then I base coated and washed them. I dry brushed a few of them just to show Kira how you can dry brush the skin and make it look decent while it looks still a little dirty, and you don't have to sit and worry about the details because she's still only 11, and she wants to play, and she likes it, but her painting skills, she's just not that focused on the details. So when she sees that she can dry brush this stuff, she's like, oh, that's cool. So she's going to start dry brushing the rest of them and getting them done. So we've been doing that. We've done all of that this week. Wow. Yeah. Um, 23 hours, apparently. But then I hobbied for six six days. Uh, and on two of those days, I was just literally sitting around. I sat, like, for two hours like in the afternoon doing stuff. And then we went and had dinner, and I was doing stuff with the kids, and I came back down and put on Netflix and just was sitting down here. I said, oh, I'm going to paint a little more. And then I realized like two, two and a half, three hours more had passed by. Mm. So I'm keeping track of all of this now with, with, with actual detail. So I can actually know, okay, what did you actually do? So that's what I've got. Mm. All of that. That's a lot of hobby, but I'm kind of excited to see exactly what's uh, going on. It's really weird that you grabbed a journal, too, because I was doing it last year, and then I got to the end and said, all I have is a total of hours. I don't know what I did, so now I'm going. I'm letting my my OCD kick in, and I'm recording everything. Oh, no. In typical Alex fashion, it's an Excel sheet. Oh. 
I literally have a little black book. <laughs> like it's, I saw this at the at the at the bookstore. It was like this little you know notebook, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's literally the size of your hand. You could fit it in your shirt pocket. It's one of those sized ones. Mm. Yeah, no, it's an Excel sheet for me. So this way, I and I've got it sorted. So this way, I can sort it by the game system and. So it'll auto total for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm nerd. Look at you, Mister Fancy Pants. Yeah, sort of. So but that's okay. Yeah, but that's all the hobby in. Mm-hmm. You've been doing any gaming? I uh, yeah, did a little bit of it. Um, John and I got a uh, practice game for our team tournament for Adepticon. Okay, and we lost. To 1,000 points of Fire Slayers. <laughs> like, very convincingly. Um, These Fire Slayers are awesome? Y- yeah. I don't... We didn't kill a single unit um, in the two and a half turns that that game lasted. Wow. Yeah. They got synergy. Yeah, and John and I, we were doing more of a thematic type thing. Uh-huh. But it just didn't didn't work, so we may end up uh, doing something else for Adepticon, which is fine. Um, and then over the weekend, we ran a uh, team tournament primer for Adepticon at Grognard Games in Roselle. So we had 14 teams show up, so that was quite a good turnout. Uh, and at the start, we had an even number, so John and I sat out. Uh, so this way, we didn't have to use a ringer. And we got to play some Shade Spire. Cool. Um, we did three games of Corn, which was me playing the Reavers, and then John using the Iron Jaws. And I lost two to one, so that was fun. Thanks, John, for kicking my butt in. <laughs> um, Iron Jaws are the really bad match for the Blood Reavers, so I was just glad to get to practice against them and try to figure out how the heck I can knock them out. Um, and then we got to play in the third game with our with my devoted and John's Darkling Coven against free people in Caradron Overlord's gunline. Oh wow. Yeah. It was pretty rough. The Walter went down turn one, which was great. Um but I still had eighty flagellants on the table, so that helped a lot. Um and then they had their uh General Anna Griffin charge into John's executioners. He completely whiffed with all of his attacks and then took 14 mortal wounds from the executioners for coming in and saying hi. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're nasty. They are nasty little elves. Um, so that was good. And that's really all the gaming I've gotten in since last time we recorded. How about you? Um, I actually was not – I didn't get to play any Warhammer. I was playing other games, though. Um, I played a bunch of Luchador. Taught a couple of people how to play that game on Christmas, and they went right out and ordered copies of it. Mm. Uh, because Luchador is awesome. It's so much fun. We'll have to play it at PACA. It's, I mean, it takes 10 to 15 minutes to play a game of this. It's, But you're literally rolling dice. You're each playing a Mexican wrestler, basically, and you roll dice. In, in, you build the board is an actual wrestling ring. You roll the mm. dice in the ring. And then you're trying to to knock each other out or pin each other, and it's really it's really simple. It's really fun. 
It's a bit of it's a good it's a good game if you had a few too many diet cokes because you get a little rowdy. Plus, if your dice fall out of the ring while you're rolling them, they don't count because if you fall if you're not in the ring, it's a penalty. Mm. So, it it's it's a lot of fun. And then I played some tack. I've been playing tack with Harrison. I've still not won a game because he's actually really good at that game. Um, I've never heard of this game. It's it's new. It's been out about a year. Um, did you read? Did you read Patrick Rothfuss's the King Killer books? Have you read the Name of the Wind or the Wise Man's Fear? No. Okay, um, they're amazing. Um, we've been waiting a long time for the third book. I'm not one to complain. You know, just you know, he's going to come out with it eventually. I got other things to read right now, but he's writing this this series of books, and the characters in it played this game called Tack. Um. Which is he he describes it loosely. It's a game that 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 sort of uh, rich people play. Oh, lots of people play it, rich and poor alike. But like, um, there's all sorts of different ways to play it. I don't want to compare it to Othello, but it's sort of like that where you can kind of you're placing your pieces and trying to take over other pieces. Uh, and he he describes it vaguely in the books. And is you know when he's sitting there talking with all these rich fancy like. Uh, you know, people who are like courtiers and stuff like that. Like they mm-hmm. will sit and play tack with each other, and you, uh, you know, depending on how aggressively or how well play how you play it, there's a lot of um, subtle nuances to the game that that the char- the main character uh, is kind of learning. It's not just about trying to crush your opponent. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And someone approached Patrick Rothfuss and said, "We should make this game." And so they took the ideas that he had, the, the vague little things that he had described in the book and came back with this idea for this this game. Um, and then they, they did it on a Kickstarter, and I just bought it because it was from this book series that I liked. And it turns out it's, a, it's an amazing little strategy game that you just play with these... these and they really sell it like you're playing in their realm. It's just wooden pieces. And some are like plain pale wood and some are dark varnished wood. And you're basically, the whole point of the game is you're on a 5x5 five five board and you're laying pieces and you're trying to build a, a, an unbroken row uh, or, or you know path from one side of the board to the opposite side of the board. And it can be any size. You start off, you each lay a, a piece and you start building and mm-hmm. you can block each other and stack. It's it's. I know it sounds weird, and if anyone's read the the Patrick Rothfuss books, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, it's it's so much fun. I'll bring that one to Wapaka too, and maybe I'll get a chance to show it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those games that you once you. It, it's another one that takes you about fifteen twenty minutes to learn all the rules, and then as you're playing it, you're like, oh, like every time I'm playing with Harrison, like, and he's good. But it's like you're sitting there and you're like you're you're like new strategies and new ways to play and new things you can do every time I play it I'm coming up with new and different ideas because there's it's such an open interesting uh game it's just it's really good i I love it um it's a really fun strategy game that doesn't take terribly long so that's what I've been playing hmm. um, I don't know that's i I enjoy it that's all I know so I got that. That's it for my gaming. Um, speaking of gaming, though, I wanted to mention something. 
We've been having Friday night Warhammer at Unique Gifts and Games, and uh, quite frankly, the turnout has been poor. Um, not just around the first, it was, well, it's summer, everybody's busy, and then it got to fall, and it's like, well, it's getting close to Christmas, everyone's busy. Friday night is just not working for for people around them. You know, I, even I'm missing one out of every three weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, they have Tuesday, they have uh, miniatures games night, and I, a lot of people will come over and play, like, you know, War Machine and Hordes and stuff. But, uh, so we are moving for the duration. We're going to be moving... Uh, Friday Night Warhammer to Tuesdays with the rest of the uh, miniature game. So I'll be there on Tuesdays uh, when I don't have when I'm, when I'm not leading my Girl Scout troop, which is normally on Thursdays. But there's a couple of weeks we got to do them on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be there UGG on Tuesdays. I'll be there uh, Tuesday nights playing Warhammer and Shadespire and stuff. We're moving the, the night. Um, I did get a sad bit of announcement. Um, UGG is closing. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kathleen, who is a friend of mine, we've been friends for about 25 years. And she opened the store 11 years ago, literally opened the store. And we hadn't talked in a while because we, we had kind of moved away from each other. And then a mutual friend found me on Facebook and she's like, you're living up in where? I'm like up and around. She's like, you know. Kathleen just opened a game store in Gray's Lake like three months ago. Like they'd been open like three months and I went down there and saw her and I've been shopping there ever since. And the fact is the store's not losing money, but it's she's she's putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of work and it's not it's just it's 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 a lot of stress for her. She's and she's, you know, like you hear from, I mean, she's got real life kicking in. She's, she's she hasn't been feeling well lately, and she's kind of running the store a lot on her own. And uh, the lease is up in April, at the end of April, and she's opted not to renew it. Now she now she 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 wants to sell the place. She wants someone, you know, to like buy the place, and she has she has a one or two prospective people kind of looking into it. But as of right now, there's nothing set in stone, and if and if nobody buys the place, um, it's going to close at the end of April, and I'm kind of devastated. I've never had a local game store that I frequent like this close on me. Um, mm-hmm. it it was de- I was depressed, like I was really upset. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, she used to be the only game store in the area, and then a couple others cropped up, and you know. People kind of drift here and there. It's easier to get to this place than her place, you know, whatever. But uh, I'm. It's it's sad. Like I'm sad, you know. Um. So it's just uh, you know, if somebody comes in and buys the place, then it you know it will stay open. But as of right now, it's only going to be open until the end of April. So I'm still going to do Tuesday night game Warhammer there until the end of April. And I am hoping, um, basically, sometime this week to figure out details. But I was thinking the last weekend in February. I don't think there's any other tournaments going on the last weekend in February. Holy Wars. Oh, is Holy Wars the last weekend in February? I think so. Mm, and then Gen or Depticon is the end of March, right? Yep. See, that's the problem. And if I have something the week before or the week after, nobody who goes, nobody, none of the guys around here because everyone goes to Holy Wars, nobody can do two weekends in a row. 
and then I can't, if I do two weeks after it, that's too close to Adepticon. So that was my last chance to run a one-day event there. It looks like it might not happen. Son of a gun. What about April? Well, I could run running April right before they're done. I wanted to run a primer for your uh, for your GT, but uh, maybe I can run one in April right before they they close. Yeah, because well, here's my plan. I I actually I have, um, I have some prizes and I have a bunch of other stuff. And what I'd like to do is just run one solid, you know, eight to twelve guys because you only fit about twelve guys in at there, like six tables. But what I'd like to do is run one big event for like 12 guys who are really into it just do three fun narrative linked games uh run the tournament we'll give prizes for all sorts of stuff um and just like have food and drinks there and you know for like you know seriously like you know like five ten bucks a person but i will i've already i've got other money put aside that i wanted to do this with before and so i'm thinking we'll get a bunch of prizes and just really have like a huge just food and drinks and really send the place off in style if if we can if we can manage it so yeah i'll you know we should talk after the show if we if there's a, something in april that's open early april not too close to adepticon cuz then people can't go to that maybe a couple weeks after would you yeah be... and then you just got to watch easter easter's april fools day i believe this year so do the weekend after. Yeah, yeah. So we got a, yeah, because that would be two weeks after Adepticon then. So that might open up for people, and that'll be before she closes. I'd like to do one last big tournament there, a send off. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I hate to bring and the mood of the show down, but it's just it's been kind of weighing on my mind, you know. No, no, and that's something that we should bring up and try to send her off in style. Okay, well, let's talk about that after the show then. But uh, yeah, she sent out a notice, and I'm just. I'm kind of devastated. I'm like, where am I gonna get? Where am I gonna buy my Warhammer stuff from? Where am I gonna? Where am I, you know, where am I gonna go hang out and, and play games with? I'm just, I'm so sad. So, all right, but let's okay, quick. Let's go to other and get this done. Yeah. Um. So, I uh, just finished up season four of Peaky Blinders, uh, which is an absolutely amazing show. If you've not watched it, right, strongly recommend it. Yeah. No, I want to watch that. Yeah, Adrian Brody is in this last one, and I kind of forgot about Adrian Brody. That's not hard. Huh? That's not hard. No, and then this show really made me appreciate him more as an actor, because oh. um, he plays a gangster from New York. Oh, nice. Um, an Italian gangster, and he does an absolutely fantastic job. Like, he dominates the scene wherever he goes. Um, so... Absolute bang-up job there. Um, then also watching Bill Nye Saves the World. They just had their second season come out. And then copious amounts of the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. I love um, that show. Yes. Carrie's watching it right now as we talk. Um, and I also got in, finally, uh, Kong Skull Island because I like those kind of movies. Um, and I also finally watched Logan. Oh, my God. I know, it took me entirely too long to watch it. That's almost a year. I know. How good was that movie, though? It was very good. I was really kind of over the X-Men series uh, until this. I but got again, choked I up at the end. I know. And I'll tell you what, here's the thing. Hugh Jackman's been playing Logan for 20 years. 
and I'm watching it very long time. He's been playing him for twenty years, right? And I'm watching this, and I'm seeing him. And then he was on the Golden Globes last night, mm-hmm. you know, for the Greatest Showman. Yeah, and he shows up, and his beard's all trimmed, and his hair's looking nice. And I was like, he looks so young. Like I forgot, like that he's not. I mean. You know, he's been playing Logan for so long, and then you see Logan, and he's looking all scraggly and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, dang. Like, that was amazing because Hugh Jackman doesn't – like, he still looks as young as he did when he started playing Logan back, you know, 20 years ago. Like, he hasn't yeah. aged, and I just forgot that he was that young because I just mm-hmm. so bought that how much he had aged in that film. Yeah. So good. So good. Very, very good. Um, anything else? Mm, yeah, we've just been planning our trips for London for you know, Carrie's vacation and then the South Coast and uh, planning the trip for the Bug Eater. So that's really been about it. Super jealous. Super jealous. You should come. I should, but it's hard, it's hard to take off from work when you're a school teacher for that kind of time. It's June, really hard. buddy. June. South Coast is in June? No, South Coast is in May, oh, but that's, that's... you should come out for Bug Eater. Oh, no, well, I'm going to Disney World in June. I think it's around the same weekend. Like, seriously, like school oh, ends. man. School ends. I'd rather go to Nebraska than Disney. Oh, you are so wrong. My last day is Thursday, and we and Morgan's uh, dance recital is Friday night and uh, Saturday night. And I am literally sleeping, like going to bed Saturday afternoon. And then when she gets home from the dance recital, we're jumping in the car and everyone's going to sleep. And I am driving to Disney Saturday, like overnight. And then we'll, Heather will pick up part of the day. And we're going to get there Sunday. And we're going to got a week at Disney World for our vacation club. And they're going to be opening the Star Wars stuff soon. I'm so excited. But that's me. Hey, we're vacation club members. Leave me alone. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, my other. Oh, uh, so I, I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and I've gotten to the point now where I can't keep up with all of them. Like, I'm actually going through, and if the topic isn't something that's grabbing me, I'm sort of, like, just kind of skipping some. Like, I've downloaded, I check it, I was like, oh, okay, and I skip some. Uh, and I've decided it's time to call the herd. Um, plus, <clears> I've gotten into podcasts that aren't Warhammer-related. <laughs> you know? Oh, gosh. How could you do that? So that's, like, sort of taking up more of that listening time. So I've just kind of been going through, and if, if uh, I've, I think I've, um, I'm, if you're, we got some negative Nellies through the different podcasts, or some for other games I don't really play that I was, I was enjoying sort of the, the cast and listening to it. Like, if I ever played, this would be fun to listen to. And I'm like, you know what, I don't, I don't play these. I'm not, I don't play, I'm not going to play. Goodbye. So I've deleted all my, gaming podcasts pretty much that aren't Warhammer or 40K with very few exceptions. Um and if you've got a really just if you're a if you're a doom and gloomer um if it's all if it's all doom and gloom and 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 dark and negative I'm just like I got no time for that. So that's I've been calling. Um, yeah, I dropped two for that, but Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one was a one was very different. One was more like an audio book um, for another game system that was actually very well done. But I haven't played that game system in a long time. I don't own any of the models anymore. Um, right. 
Well, like one of them's I dropped, and I love it. I still like it. It was Breachside Broadcast. That's exactly what I was talking about. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, the, the stories that they read for Malifaux were so fun, and they're really well-written, and they're really engaging. And they're getting to the point where they're talking about characters I don't know anymore because I haven't played in so long. Yeah. And I'm just like, I have no idea what they're talking about. So it's like, that had to go too. Yeah. So that's weird. We both dropped the same thing. Uh, what else? Uh, well, uh, audio books, Horace Heresy and Star Wars books have taken up all of my audio time. And then since we were on break and we have the movie pass and uh, the Monday through Thursday $6 movies at the local theater here. Uh, I went over the past two weeks. Uh, I went to go see uh, The Shape of Water, which was amazing. So beautiful. I want to see that so badly. It's so good. It's so good. And then um, after Shape of Water, one day we didn't feel like going home, so we wanted to go see The Darkest Hour, the Gary Oldman playing Churchill. Yeah, that's another one. So good. Another just ama- amazing performance. Plus, it's such a great story. Just seeing mm-hmm. all the stuff that he that he just went through to try to hold this together and keep them fighting. It was so good. Um, saw Star Wars a bunch of times. Not as many as Heather. She's actually not home right now. She's seeing it for the tenth time. Um, and I, 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 what? That's like nine or eight times too many. Well, she saw. I think she saw The Force Awakens like fourteen times. That's... 15? Oh, 15. That's 13 or 14 times too many. No, oh, Star Wars is awesome. Okay. It is. I, dude. No, it is. I've Just been a fan since I was a little boy. I even... I, I, even I... I even enjoy parts of the prequels. Like, I don't hate them. We're done. Okay. I, hey, I just, you know what? There's there's cool things in there, and it's Star Wars, so that's it. And I saw Jumanji. I took my daughter to see Jumanji. That movie was fun as hell. Hmm. Seriously. Like, it was, like okay, did you see the original Jumanji? With Robin Williams? Yeah. yeah. Remember at the end, he gets the, the, the they finish the game, and uh, and then the kid's like, oh, God, this game is horrendous. And they take it, they throw it off the bridge into the water, because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you destroy it? They throw it in the water. And then it, like, washes up, like, on the beach at the end of the, at the, end of the movie. Sure. And it's, like, buried in sand. Well, the movie starts with some guy jogging down the beach and finding the game. And then, like, uh... It's, it's it's wackiness. This game is just evil. Um, but basically what happens is how they connect it to the game is the dad finds it and gives it to his son who looks at it and goes, who plays board games anymore? And puts it on the side and he goes to play. his. Vid- he's playing video games. And then that night the, the game starts making the, the drumming noise and some lights start flashing from it. And the kid picks it up and opens it up again. And the board in the center is missing and there's just a cartridge there. And so that's where you get the video game. Like it changed itself to be the game that kids that someone would play. And so then you get the whole. I mean, it's 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 the stuff you see in the previews, but it's really good. And Jack Black is hysterical. Jack Black plays the best teenage girl I've ever met. I got a girl at home who's like that girl in the movie, and Jack Black just uh, just does her amazingly. It was so much fun. It was so good. But. Uh, 
It's. I mean, it's 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 popcorn and mindlessness, but it was fun. And then while mm-hmm. I was painting, I finished watching The Defenders, meh, and I finished The Punisher, and then I started watching it again because it was just that good. Mm-hmm. And you were right. All the flashbacks in the beginning, which were just like every 10 minutes, like they, they slowed down as you got later into the movie or into the into the series. What, that was just so good. It was so good. So um, Can't wait for more. Yeah, exactly. So I finished that, and then we, Harrison and I finished watching Arrested Development, and that's all of my stuff. And that's all I've done because I had a lot of time over break. And now we went on for way too long. That's so. okay. It is, I guess, but no, well, that's, ooh, crap, we went on for like 50 minutes, so it is definitely time for a break, but that's a lot of stuff, because we did a lot, because it's been a hobby and 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 newsworthy week, so there's just been a lot happening. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's take a break. Um, now, here's what's going to happen, and we announced this on the last episode, um, basically, uh, I re-recorded the Gen Con episode because we lost the Gen Con episode due to technical difficulties. Um, and because Alex and I didn't have time to read any more books or cover any more stuff, and we had all this other hobbying and things we were doing, um, we are going to basically for now, right for now, play uh, the Gen Con episode. Now, guys, I mean, if you skip the Garage Gamers that show up, that's totally cool. And if you just want to skip to the end and hear what we're going to have to say when we wrap up the show, I get that, too. But, dude, if you've never been to Gen Con or if you're thinking about going to Gen Con, um, listen to listen to the episode. That's me and my wife talking about the stuff we did. Harrison's not on it this year because he didn't get to go because school literally started the day before Gen Con. So he could not go. Um, but he will be going this year. Um, they have authors and they have all sorts of games. And they had an AOS tournament this year that I played in. And Domus drove out just for the day to play in the AOS tournament. I mean, Gen Con is just amazing. And it's all games. It's every sort of gaming thing. It's 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 just fandom, almost. There's... Cosplayers everywhere. There's music. There's uh, their vendor hall is just ridiculously huge. Like you could walk through that all day and not see everything, um, because they've got everyone selling all sorts of anything. Anything you could want that is related to gaming or or cool TV shows or movie. I mean, just it's all there. And they've got seminars, and you could and you could bring your significant other who's not into gaming, and there are seminars and things there for her too. I mean, Heather does all sorts of stuff. Heather does like craft stuff. She like makes stuff. She does etch- she does a glass etching. She does that there. She bring, makes glasses and brings them home. Cool etching. Just there's all sorts of stuff for everybody there. It's the greatest time, and so we're just going to play that now because Alex and I need a break. We're done uh, because we're going to be back. At the end, well, in a couple of weeks, um, we're gonna have to get that recorded early because Pack is that weekend that it's supposed mm-hmm. to come out. Uh, I'm not certain what the topic's gonna be. It may be some maggotkin of Nurgle. It may not. I don't know if we're gonna have time to do it justice before then. We may just talk about you know other stuff. But I have no idea. But I know this week we need more time. So we're gonna do that. Um, and if you like that, the Gen Con episode, that's the that's Garage Gamer stuff, which um we'll well I'm gonna talk about that after the after we play it. We'll come back at the end and I'll tell you guys about what's going on with Garage Gamer and things like that. So um 
should we play it? Should we go to break and then come back and we'll play the play the Gen Con thing? Sounds good. All right. All right, folks. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back. And then when that's over, then we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show. Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your gamer may want, from board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program. Check out their events calendar, in-store or online. From Tuesday night miniature games and Thursday night board games to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Howdy, 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 folks, and welcome back to Garage Gamer. Yes, the long-awaited return of Garage Gamer, although this should have been recorded well before the return of the Garage Gamer, because this is the annual Gen Con episode, and as always, when we have an annual Gen Con episode, we have my co-host, my lovely wife, Heather. Say hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. I knew you were going to do that. See, that's because we're syncopado. That's what it is here. I think because I do it every year. Yes, you do. Uh, okay, so folks, listen, here's the deal. It is uh, December, and we went in August, and then we recorded this, and for about the third time in eight years, I wound up with a completely unusable recording. So um, we've been meaning and hemming and hawing about getting back and doing it again, because as you know, getting Heather to the microphone is a rare occurrence, and... Re-recording what we just recorded wasn't going to happen too quick, but we have other things we have to do, so I got her in here to do this. So I apologize for the delay in the Gen Con episode, um, but here it is, Garage Gamer, Gen Con 2017. Hey, it's still 2017, so it it's is, okay. Yeah, if, I, if I put this out this week, otherwise it's going to be in the, you just get ready for next year, guys. Um, so... Uh, Gen Con 2017. I had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. Um, unfortunately, this year we didn't have Harrison with us, so it was just us, which is weird. I don't think we're used to just us anymore. Well, I mean, we went, like, uh, what, once or was it twice without him? And then he wanted to come with, and he's been with us every year. And now suddenly his school literally started the day before Gen Con. And I would have let him come. But we really can't let him miss. He's got too many AP classes to miss the first three days of classes. That's the teacher in me screamed no, and the parent in you screamed no. That is correct. And so he was not happy with us, by the way. He was very unhappy with us. He's coming this year because he checked the dates, and he's like, oh, yes, I can go. Well, I think all those pictures we were sending of us having fun as well didn't help the situation (laughs) at all. Well, it was weird because on the drive down there, I have to admit, I kind of missed him. Like, I felt it felt weird that he wasn't there. 
Because I know, like, you go off and you do a lot of your crafty things and stuff like that. But when we're doing the gaming or, like, when you're, like, because as, as, as much as I love my wife, folks, she, sometimes she can, she can be the little old lady. Because it was like, I finished all my crafting and we had dinner. I'm going to bed. And it's like, I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. And you're like, I know. And so Harrison, like, well, like, we're going to go down to the gaming hall and we'll be back in about four hours. So I had, like, a pal to go with the late night gaming. Um Without him there, I was right there with you. Yeah, sorry, folks. I, I'm about <laughs> yoga pants and books after 10 o'clock. So. It's 9 o'clock. Let's watch live PD and then call it a night. Um, but it was also really fun. It was nice. Mm-hmm. It was. It's not often when you have three children that you get a three or four days off just with, the, just with you and your spouse. It was... Like being a couple of teenagers again, had total freedom. It was kind of nice. I didn't know you was a teenager. I don't know if I liked you as a teenager. You would have hated me yeah. as a teenager. So maybe that's not so good. Um, but but we did. We drove down there. Um, same hotel. Where where did we stay? Embassy Suites. And it. Uh, you know what? Em- terrible. Don't anyone try to book there on Gen Con Booking Day because you won't like it. Yeah, and and. Quite frankly, well, you can book after we do if you decide to. But we got to make that. That's we got to get our room. hotel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a fantastic place. Um, the weirdest thing because we get in there on like Wednesday and we park and we don't actually take the car anywhere for like the next five days. Oh no, not losing that spot. And I got, I pulled into the parking garage and I remember getting this really cool good spot last year. And as I pulled in. Uh, everything's taken. Everything's kind of booked by the time we, we were pulling in at this time of day. And as I come around the corner, I see my spot. There's no spots over there. And as I'm looking, the guy in the spot I had last year, I see the reverse lights come on. And I was like, you're kidding me. And dude backs out. And I was like, no way. That's my spot. Boom, right in. Same spot. Um, so we get in. We check in. It's happy hour. We have we go to happy hour. Um, and then we're going to get ready. Uh, for about three three solid days of fun because it's uh, you know Thursday through Sunday, but we we bail kind of early Sunday. Yeah, I, it's a four hour drive, which it really isn't all that much. But um, you know, ten o'clock, I got to be in my yoga pants and reading a book, so yeah. we have to get home. Oh, and then we had to pick up the kids too. So oh, that's right, because they were they, the girls were by grandma and grandpa's. So yeah. we had that. Plus, we had to stop at the. Uh, Oh, the Albanese Gummy Bear Factory. Albanese Gummy Bear Factory. And so it's... Oh, and, and the 250 flavor popcorn store across the street. I highly recommend the Captain Crunch popcorn. It was good. It was, it was very good. Yes. Um, But so... Okay, we get in there. And um, now this year you had booked up a whole bunch of craft things. I did. I booked pretty much every... Every... Uh, panel that Larry Correa was on when I found out he was going to be there because he's one of my favorite authors. Um, I signed up for Games Workshop. Was I mean, there was a there was an Age of Sigmar one-day tournament there this year, which there wasn't before. So I signed, plus since Harrison wasn't there, we had room to take my battle foam. That's true. So I, uh, I, I signed up for a one-day tournament and then... Uh, and I kept it pretty open after that. Like, I was just kind of wandering. And you know what? And I think we did that this year. I don't know if it was intentional or just happenstance, but we kept it all pretty open and flexible and fluid the whole time, which was um, 
if anybody out there knows me, and I don't think you do, I am very type A. I'm a planner. I plan everything. If you know type A people, then you meet Heather. All your type A people seem like type B people. And your type B people are like dirty hippies. They're just, it's like... Yeah, no, she's she's got it. Yeah. If you ever need a trip to Disney planned, I've got you covered because I'm done. Yeah. I got it. But uh so it was it was a little slightly out of my comfort zone to not have everything overscheduled because that's again well, what we, I do. And we've overscheduled before and that's one of the when we get you feel kind of burnt out. And um I mean even Harrison. Harrison books himself for like eight hours of role playing like every day. And he I mean, you know, He's 17. He comes back and he's like, I could go for eight more, but I'm an old man. I'm like, I just played, I played three rounds of Warhammer and now we got to rush out because we got other things to do. Where's dinner? I just want some coffee. Exactly. Um, So, okay. So we get there on the first day. Uh, I know, I know on Thursday, my first thing is first thing in the morning. Well, not first thing in the morning, but about 10 o'clock. There is the Q and a with Larry Correa. Oh no. I think we need to back this up a minute though. Yeah. Um, is this the I forgot your shoes? Yes. So, <laughs> unlike David, man of leisure during the summer, I actually have a full time job that I have to work. I have a. I have, I a have job. to go. Now I'm not off all summer. So I said, David, here are my shoes. Very nice, comfortable pair of Nikes. I wore them through Star Wars Celebration. Had no problems with my feet. And he says, he looks at me in this in typical David fashion and says, I got this. And I said, please don't forget my shoes. And I get the eye roll and I said, I got this. Guess what I didn't have when I got there. Well, her other pair of shoes my were in the wash. Shoes. And then I thought that the shoes from the wash got taken and then they didn't. Oh, no. I had and two pairs shoes. of shoes to bring. And, both and you forgot them both. You had one job. Don't forget the shoes. I was in full-on panic mode. Like, uh, you were so angry. I was, like, trying to find someone who could come to the house and grab the shoes and Again, overnight them. I'm a planner, and you didn't bring my shoes. I forgot the shoes. Because let's be honest, people. Many of you out there have gone to big conventions where you're on your feet all day. The most critical thing to have is a good pair of shoes and a bottle of water. And this, But this, here's the thing. Here's what made it worse. This, I had water. This came on the heels of one month earlier on vacation, I forgot my CPAP machine, which basically made for a full night of nobody got to sleep in our in our hotel room because I couldn't not snore. Uh, it eventually became that we wound up, because your in-laws were with us, that we had the girls in one room and the guys in the other, because Harrison and, and your dad can sleep through anything, so I was able to sleep there and snore. But this came on the heels of the 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 great CPAP. So not only my type A guys, but I'm I'm a very light sleeper. The great and I don't CPAP sleep at debacle all. of 2017, yeah. and I was still in the doghouse for that. Yeah. And then when we got there, it's like you forgot the shoes. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So you ran out that morning because the mall is right there. Fortunately, the city center mall is right there, and, and I was able to get shoes. a pair of shoes. Yes. So then. We go to our stuff. You had some craft stuff. Like I said, I went to the Q and A uh, with Larry Correa, um, and he's he's. It's just it's so cool to see when you when you get an author you like, and he's just gets up there and he talks about you know, and it's like oh, just ask anything. Talking about the writing craft, talking about story stuff. 
you know, um, people ask him when are they going to do a TV show of this, like on Netflix or something, and he's like, I can't talk about that because hopefully something will happen. Um, it was great. Took pictures with us. Did a good, uh, you know, was really uh, a good time. For me, it was really cool because I like to meet authors that I really like. I know, you know, I, you like to go to get signatures and meet, you know, um, a lot of actors. You'll go to conventions and meet different actors and get their autograph. Kind of my passion. Yes. Yeah. I just, I'm all about meeting the authors that I really like. Um, when I met him and got him on the podcast a couple years ago, it was like a huge thing for me. Um, meeting Jim Butcher, huge mm-hmm. thing for me. So, um, so while I was doing that, though, uh, you had some. I did some crafty things just on the side because you know I like to experiment with different things, and I you know did some soap making, which the girls really liked because I threw some stuff in there that uh, they could hopefully use the soap and wash themselves because I have an 11 year old who doesn't like to bathe too often Yep. Uh, to get the stuff out. Um, I also did some spinning, not like bicycle spinning, but spinning yarn. Oh, I thought you meant like listening to the Grateful Dead and just twirling. No. Oh, yeah. No, not those <laughs> guys. I'm not, it wasn't a spinner. Okay. I did spinning. Yeah. The class was called spinning with a drop spindle. What, what, what even? Yeah. So what? that's, that's actually an old way to spin, not quite with the wheel, but a, a spindle that you spin on your, um, on your leg. Um, I will appreciate the craft a whole lot more. That was really, really hard. Go buy a, a nice skein of yarn in the store because I was like, oh, I'll just make this for my mom. Yeah, no, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, no, uh-uh, no. That's no. tough. I remember you telling me, like, no, this is no, no, no bueno. Um, how hard was it to make soap? Was oh, it- this was just an easy melt and pour. This wasn't. Oh, uh, okay. I've melt and poured before. Um, did the, the glass etching because that's probably one of my favorites. Um, you do that like okay. If you sign up for it again this year, then I'm just throwing out all our other glasses because there's almost no room. Well, they're pint glasses, and yeah. while I'm not a big drinker myself, um, I do like a nice pint glass. But um, this this etching cream that you use on here, if anybody's done etching before, it's usually done with um, acids, and it can be uh, you know it's a caustic substance, so you can hurt yourself. But this is a a non-caustic etching agent so you can actually touch it with your hands and and not worry so much about it so it's something that um if you have smaller children and wanted a fun craft with them uh this etch all stuff is pretty good because of the um the safety implication of it you could actually eat it and it would be okay don't eat it but you could (laughs) don't eat it don't tell them that my guys don't eat it. And I then am don't, a medical professional. Please don't, do not eat do it. Do not eat the etching Although it's cream. Safe. Um, so now you just put down. You've got like a. You put down like a sticker or something like a temp like a. Yeah, it's like it's it's a template. It's an it's um almost like a you, stencil. You, it's a stencil. You, yeah. you pull out the negative and you fill in. With and the, then pull it off. Yeah, so it's all. It's and it all doesn't very just easy. make a etching look uh, like it. That's not going to wash off because no, I've seen some a, that look like etching, it's a but permanent it's permanent etch, and you can dishwash it. And it's um, my kids break the glasses before anything ever happens to um, the they actual did break etching. One, didn't they? Yeah, they broke the Superman and uh, Batman one. <sighs> they broke. They broke Batman. They broke Batman. No, see, I Star Wars it. is safe. I hate them. It's guarded by the dark side. You wanted children. That's all I'm saying. 
So and now my Batman glasses. Just of course it had to be my Batman. I know we only had one of those too. Yeah. Well, next year when you sign up to do another four to eight one. glasses, make me one. So I'll make you another one. The other thing I really liked was needle felting. Um, I actually know how to needle felt, and I've done quite a bit with needle felting. But um, my brother and I are actually going to start working on some um, cosplay costumes. We're going to enlist his girlfriend, who I just found out is a pretty good seamstress very excited about this but um i wanted to take up some more needle felting and kind of pull it the other direction to see what we can do to incorporate these um techniques into some costume building so um it was a good refresher kind of class and um, i did more shaping than i normally That's you would take do. that big lump of wool and you just keep sticking it with the needle and it just keeps packing yeah it, watch out it's, it. a, it's a stress relief for the type a girl here <laughs> i get to poke things with something sharp well, and I appreciate you not stabbing me, so. No promises. So, oh, it, uh, you know, my mom's a pretty good seamstress, too. Is she going to, are you guys going to? I actually talked to your mother about that this evening. Um, she's going to try to give me some basic sewing lessons. Um, cool. So. I mean, she's sewn into, like, suits, like, not just costumes, but, like, real clothing type clothes, Yeah, too. so I figure she can at least teach me some basic stitches. Cool. And if anybody out there's got any hints or helpful um YouTube sites or websites. You can, you can Please them. send them to David at Garage Hammer. Cause David at GarageHammer.net. Or you can leave it on the Garage Hammer voicemail. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers, 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. Call now. Well, no, not now. Listen to the show. Call later. But write the number down. Because we're not answering now. Well, it's voicemail. I can't oh. answer. It's just literally a voicemail line. Wah, wah. <laughs> Excuse me, we both got the Nurgle flu here. Um, all right, so I kept my... Uh, okay, here's the thing. I try to keep my schedule completely open, right? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to do the the Warhammer tournament. Now, I don't even think you popped by during the Warhammer tournament because you were doing a bunch of stuff. But now, one of the th- things that was nice was while I'm doing the tournament and... <laughs> I'm sitting there. It's right before. It's either before the first game or before the second game. Suddenly, the bunch of the guys come up, and it's Kevin, who is at. It's Kevin and Adam, and I'm trying. I'm blanking on the third dude's name, and I feel bad because I had so much fun with these guys. But it's the guys from Six Squared Studios, and their friend who runs a friendly local game store. Um, the our Canadian friends come, and they um they know that Heather likes Canadian chocolate candy, like. I like Coffee Crisp, um, but I know Kevin uh, comes down. Kevin's like the guy who runs the place. Like, that's the guy I always talk to. Um, and he comes down with the Kit Kats because Kit, apparently, but you think Kit Kats from Canada taste better. Okay. Than- <laughs> now, first of all, Kevin's like my favorite Canadian ever. And I actually know lots of, lots of Canadians, too. I work, I, I go up to Canada quite often for work. More than Brian Adams? I'm sorry. I just. That's not in I, um, I go, I go up there a lot for work. I go to, um, actually the, uh, Toronto area often, but, um, if anybody's had Canadian candy and you live in the U S you know, it's the best U S candy chocolate has more. It seems it's, it's waxier versus the Canadians and it's just over. Hello. It's just over the border. So, um, so. My new, my new, my newest favorite Canadian sent me lots, lots of candy. Yeah, so I <laughs> like a lot of candy. So okay, I'm in the doghouse, right? 
because this is Thursday night. Heather realizes <laughs> she has no shoes. She might be late for her class because she has to go get shoes. So here I am playing my game, and all of a sudden Kevin and the guys come up, and they've got a box, and they brought me uh, bases for Kira's Ogre Army, movement trays, bits of terrain, and, in the, and then there's this huge box with this assortment of Canadian and I send Heather the picture and I looked at Kevin I'm like you just saved my marriage I'm like I am I am so in the doghouse right now this might just get me out and people are looking at it and everyone's like oh what's that I'm like get away like, this is all for my wife I'm not even getting any of this that is correct so the way to my heart is through Canadian Kit Kats and Smarties so the six squared studio guys saved my bacon um, now I did play the three game tournament uh it was a great time um i have never played in an actual tournament at gen con i've played demo games i've played single games but i never excuse me signed up for anything competitive we had a great time so so what what did you like most about switching over to the tournament play versus the single game play um well i I mean i just when you're playing in a tournament there's a bunch of like-minded people there and they're all there because they want to be there. Like a lot of people sign up for single game stuff because they're curious. You're not signing up for an all day tournament unless that's something you want to be at. Now, are we really talking like minded people? Because I know from you, yeah, dealing with some of the tournaments, that some people are filthier than others. Did you experience that kind of play? Oh, I got, there. I got, I got kind of pounded by some. Like, some of the lists were a little filthy. That's not, that's not, a, that's not an issue. I'm just like minded in that we all were there, loving Age of Sigmar, wanting to play. Domus showed up. Domus drove up just for the day. Like I, he either drove up late the night before or just that morning. Um, <laughs> went played and then had to like go home. He actually won the whole darn thing. Um, they did use the best coast pairing system, which is really convenient, and you get a little app and you just punch in your scores. Um. I'm not the biggest fan, uh, only because, like, and you know, when we go to tournaments, I've told you, talked to you a little bit about the tournaments, and a lot of tournaments you go to, you get so many points for winning, or so many points for a draw, so many points for a loss, they have major and minor wins, and then you get points for all your little side objectives and things like that. Uh, in Best Coast Pairings, uh, if you win, you get 1,000 points, and if you don't, you don't, and then you can add on to that to differentiate those the point so the most you can get in the game i think was like 25 points per game so it was like you know a thousand anywhere from a thousand to a thousand 25 points for a win so it was literally like you just you were playing you know, the whole thing is play it and 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 win it crush your opponents you know um win three games and win and uh I so like- there's no little nuances that everybody gets a little bit of pointage here and there it's kind of like all yeah, if you, if you didn't win all three games, or you were you just you had no chance. Okay. Whereas, and I get that some people and some people are way into that. They're into the whole. So it's more of a straight thing, kind of yeah. like yeah, either your first or your last. Right. And if you're playing with like fifty or sixty people and you're only playing three rounds, there could be a lot of people who win all three games, and then those little point differentiations come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I'm, I'm used to playing at tournaments where. The entire score you can get for the game is 20 points, 20, 30 points. And so everyone's sort of in that they running. They get like kind of divvied up. Yeah. You can, okay. You can get, uh, like, I've played, uh, I did really well at Gen Con or at uh, Adepticon two years ago 
where I didn't win all my games, but I did score all the objectives, you know, mm-hmm. all the side objectives. And that kept me in the running where I was in like the top 10 guys out of the out of the 50 or 60 that were playing. I can see that. I can see if it's if it's your first, your last kind of thing that it kind of right. pulls the fun out of playing it. The rest of it, you know, you can't really go or do anything. Well, and, and that's kind of it. Like there are and there are tournaments. I know other I know of other tournaments where it's a five or six rounds and you and it's all of that. You have to win every game. And there's guys who, if they lose the second, first couple, first couple, they just drop out, you know. And then you lose guys because, like, well, I can't win. I came here to play to try to win, and now I can't win. I'm out. Um, I don't see too much of that with Age of Sigmar, but that's that's just my take on. Some people love this because they keep the scores, they keep all the the, the rankings together. There's a lot that goes on with uh, best coast pairings. I'm just more of a fan of the of the. Of this of, of of a different system, it was just it was interesting to play it, and it was super convenient to, for scoring. Uh, I'm just I can imagine in really large tournaments where that might be easier and kind of move things along a little more. A lot of places again, layman here. A lot of places use it. In fact, Best Coast Pairings is set up by these guys in California, and the the way it's set up. Um, they keep track of the scores. Like you said, you're, like the scores, because they're all entered on the computer, they're all scored and kept. So they have rankings. Um, there's um, the one of the um, frontline gaming, they, the guys who own that game store, they run it. And um, on their podcast, they, like, they'll tell you at the end of every podcast, here's where the rankings are. Here's where the, the top players are for the different armies. So I can see the appeal to it. Um, for me personally, that's it's not necessarily my thing. But I had I had... Several great games. Um, we actually talked about these games on the last time we recorded them. I don't have the sheets anymore, so I don't have all the guys' names. I remember I played three games. I played two. Um, I played two Seraphon armies, which Heather, you would know them as the Lizard Men, and uh, and then um, and then I played a uh, Skaven army. And I literally that last game I was doing I almost it came down to like if I would have killed three more little rats I would have won that game like it was down to the last roll so much fun. You know what's kind of weird is you were born in the year of the rat. I was. I am a Just bit of a rat. Thing. But I don't play them. I only kill them. I play dwarves and Stormcast Eternals, which are like really heavily armored, tall guys like dwarves. Wow, really? I've never heard that before. That's me. Uh, don't be like that. Now, here's the only other thing. Now, when the third game finished, like as soon as my game was done and I realized, hey, listen, I'm not winning any awards. And I was very happy for Domus and I wanted to stay. Domus is my friend. I wanted to stay and watch him win his awards. But that wasn't happening because I had to bail because you and I had to rush out as soon as I got my toys home. Because we had tickets to just about the coolest damn thing we've ever done at Gen Con. Oh, no, this was the coolest thing we've ever done at Gen Con. Go ahead and tell them what we got to do that Friday night. We got to see They Might Be Giants. And I have to say, that was probably the coolest concert I've been into in a long time. Um, I've been listening to They Might Be Giants probably since like 85. Yeah, since high school. No, that's before high school for me. Uh, 85. Well, I graduated. I started high school 85, Again, 86. Again, I will not really reveal my age here. You were you were just in in, in kindergarten. That's right. Uh, I was a freshman year of high school. Um, what a great show it was! So and dude, there was a lot of people there. There were a lot of people what is, there. What was the name of the? Uh, that's the. I don't know. It's it's where the Pacers 
play. It's yeah, Pacers Stadium. Pacers I don't. Play. I'm not a basketball guy, so <laughs> nor am I. Um, but it's where the Pacers play, and it was cute because the guys in the band were like, "We've never played a place this big. It's so weird." They're like, "Springsteen played this place." They're like, "We're used to playing little. Pl- this is crazy." And then they had the lights going on, and all the people are like, "We're kind of scared. Like this is just crazy." What a fantastic concert, though. I had so much fun. And we actually got Harrison. We bought Harrison. He couldn't be there. We bought him. A signed LP. A signed LP because Harrison, we've got him into, I got him into vinyl because so, it was so much fun. Harrison, um, Harrison's friends for his birthday the year before bought him vinyl of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars from Bowie and a copy of Pink Floyd, The Wall. And he was listening. He was like, this sounds so different than the CD, Dad. It sounds I, – I'm like, fuller, richer? He's like, yeah, why is that? And then I explained to him how a CD works with the digital sound. And he's like, oh, no wonder you kept that record player all those years. I'm like, yes. So he was super excited to get a cool signed album uh, from They Might Be Giants. And it was a $10 show. Yeah, it was ten bucks. You're like, you want to go see? It's ten bucks. I was thinking, sure. Honestly, when you said it was ten bucks, I thought they were going to be playing in one of the halls, like in the in the convention hall. You yeah, know what I mean, like yeah. I, where the gaming goes. Because I'm like, ten. Bucks. And it was like open seating. You just go sit wherever you want. So we kind of sat up a little higher, but there was like nobody around us. It was great. Yeah, yeah. You're like, we're like, let's go up because everyone. Like, was so I don't many need people. to see. Here's the thing. I don't need to see them. I'm there to listen, right? And they had giant screens. And they, it was, they did have giant screens. And it was just, it was brilliant. I had so much fun. It was such a good time. Um, Proud sing along. I mean, it, you know. Oh, yeah. They, they, they might be giants. They're fantastic. Um, just and the, and the stories and the stuff in between, like the banter between the, the band members. Uh, and I'm certain they've been doing this long enough where none of that is is completely improv improvised. Right. Um, I I can't remember the time I had so much fun at a concert, and we've gone to see several together. Now I'm you know I mean we've seen The Cure and we've seen Bob Dylan, and there are bands that I there are bands that I like more than they might be Giants, but I don't remember having as much fun, just like. Pure, almost like childlike joy. Oh yeah, probably. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Because it was, it was just a really weird thing. Um, But it was a nice tribute for for the for the fiftieth yeah anniversary fiftieth anniversary of of Gen Con. It was it was a really it was a treat. Yeah, we had so much fun. Um, so then after that, honestly, we knew we were leaving Sunday. Saturday, you had. Chainmail bracelets and steampunk top hat classes, mm-hmm. which you had just because. Uh, here's the thing: is I try to stay clear of the convention floor on Saturday, only because it's it's crazy. Not this boy, and uh, yeah, th- that that boy who doesn't like crowds either. So it's bizarre. I, 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 I avoid okay. it. Not only don't I like crowds, but anyone who knows me knows like I I break a sweat just like. Breathing, peeling an orange. Like you know, people come up to me, and, you know, oh my god! If someone rings the doorbell, I answer the door. Were you working out? No. Would you run up the stairs? No. What were you doing? Nothing. I just, you know, I got a glass of water. Got a glass of water like half an hour ago. You know, like I just break a sweat so bad. 
So I have to literally walk around like I have like a like a washcloth in my back pocket. Just like, oh, it's gross. It's gross. I, I I can't help it. I'm morbidly obese. I apologize. It just that's me. Um, so you're in classes and I'm wandering the games hall. We did pick up some cool games this year. We did pick up some cool games this year. Um, before we get to the games, I do want to give one shout out. My buddy Adam Cardone. Um, you've met him. I have. And it's so Hi, funny. Adam. It's so funny because, um, as Heather's told me after she met him, I cannot picture you two as friends. And I'm like, I don't know why not. Like, you know, we like a lot of the same things, the same music. If you guys, uh, Adam lives in New York and he's a surfer and he he's a magician and he plays at all these like vaudeville type shows. He's fantastic. But uh, I met him the first time Harrison and I went to Games Day in Chicago. Like he heard on the show that we were going to be there. And he found us. He was there with his son. And um, he gave me a bit of dirt from Dracula's castle. Like he had him in little vials. Like he actually traveled to Romania. And we still have it. Yep. And he gave it to me. And so he, last year he came up. He drove up with his girlfriend and his kids. He drove up for the day. Like they left at stupid o'clock in the morning. Remember, he lives in New York. St- he left at like stupid o'clock in the morning, got there, spent like three, four hours walking around and shopping, and then they went back home. Uh, so this year they came out and they actually came and I think they stayed overnight. I think they stayed one full night. But I got to meet up with Adam and uh, we sat around talking for at least an hour, hour and a half, um, boring his kids with silly stories of what things we did back in the 80s. And then um, there's a game called, and you didn't get to see this. Uh, there's a company called Flying Frog Productions, and they do these big box, you know, big coffin box games. And there's one called Shadows of Brimstone, and it's uh, it's a dungeon crawler, you know. And I, I believe you play it against the board. So the you know the, the game you know you play the cards. The game is trying to kill you. You and your friends are playing co-op. Is it real big like the Cthulhu game? No, it's it's bigger. Oh wow! Um, it's. Like you know, the Cthulhu sorry guys, ga- I have to get a reference point. The Cthulhu game's like a square box. This is one of those coffin size boxes that, that are like that. You know, they're it's you know two foot long, one foot wide, and about a good seven inches high. So not an actual coffin. Got it. No, uh, well, they call them coffin boxes because they're just the hugest game boxes that you pretty much get. Maybe a coffin for like a dog or something, not Maybe. like a real coffin. But uh, well, no, I'm sorry, we didn't have any dead bodies there at the, the at Gen Con. But Shadows of Brimstone, you basically play. Cowboys and other Western type folk in the Old West, and there's like all sorts of monsters and weird stuff that just crop up, and you're like trying to stop them. And they have like a dozen expansions, like weird cultist stuff. They came up with this weird Japanese monster, you know, samurai stuff, and it's like, remember the movie Cowboys versus Aliens? I do. It's the way I saw them when they were demo, picture a game that's kind of like that, except it's cowboys versus anything, because they just keep coming up with expansions of all cultists. They're fighting cultists. They're Cle- fighting swamp clearly monsters. an American company. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 crazy. And Adam just keeps buying all these expansions, and you could play. I mean, the more you add to it, the longer these games become. But you can play for. I think you can actually get a game that could run days if you just kept playing it out with all this stuff. So he was freaking out about their newest thing. They were showing. They were waiting to show see the newest, their newest expansion. So we were sitting around waiting and talking with that. And like I said, I just want to give a shout out to Adam because it was so cool getting to see him because we live so far apart and it's like the one time we're both in the same place. But um, shall we move on to some of the games? Let's let's. 
Because um, I think there's one that you want to talk about that I actually might have some interest in. Well, a couple, but um, now we used to go. Now we used to go and come home with suitcases of games. We've gotten much better. Uh, I think we bought four games. I got my cat stacks. Oh, maybe five games. Not good cat stacks. That's like tangos or like those games where you have to make the make the shape, right? Yes. Except it's except with, it's out of cats. Make it out of cats. Um, and I don't know if the listeners know, but we have three cats. Yeah. Harrison and I are kind of cat obsessed. Oh, and then we picked up for the girls go nuts for donuts, which I know they were. It was uh, debuting there, and I have seen this game now everywhere. Go nuts for donuts. Is uh, fun. It is everywhere. Go nuts for donuts. You basically you're everyone. Everyone who's playing is selling donuts, and you basically have different types of donuts you can get that are worth different points, and there's so many rounds, and you try to get as many of the cards of that particular type of donut. Um, The problem is if somebody else is making the same donut, then nobody gets it. You have to make a unique – You have so as you're looking and and collecting cards, the cards you – at the end when you play your donuts, if anyone else is making the same donuts, nobody buys those donuts. Um, it sounds really dumb. Kira really enjoys this game. She plays with her little friend Riley after school. Yeah, it's, when they're supposed to be doing homework, they pull out gold nuts. Well, donuts. it's two to six players. You know, it's eight, ages eight and up, and it you, it plays in like twenty minutes. It's very fun. Um. Oh, I suppose we should mention Luchador. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you know what you know what I like. Let me just preface this by saying for Luchador, I don't actually play. I love to watch though. This is a fun game that you can that you can watch people play. It's hysterical. Okay, Luchador is a game where you actually now you can just play it on a little there's a little tile like a just a square tile that you can play. Why don't you explain what Luchador is for pay, maybe our non-North American friends? Okay. Um Luchador is a game Luchadors are basically those Mexican wrestlers that wear the masks. And well, so there are people who may not be familiar with right. with luchadors. So um, I got this game, and uh, I talked to Kevin and the guys from Six Squared Studios because they were staying in the same hotel as us. And so we all met up around happy hour, and we were having, um, well, not children's beverages. I was not. I was not. Um, I was not uh, restricting myself to Diet Coke while we were playing. And it's basically, it's a dice game. You each pick a luchador, and you roll dice, and whoever rolls better, then you get to hit the guy. You could try to pin the guy. You roll dice in a... In, in, in a... In a ring. A ring. Thank you. Now, you can, now there's two ways you can do it. They do have a, just a square tile, and you roll on the square tile, but we never use that. You actually can build a wrestling ring with little... Build the ring. With the ropes and everything. And here's the thing. You both have to roll four dice each at the same time, and if any dice fall out of the wrestling ring, they don't count. Now, the guys we were playing with caught on by about the third game that as we rolled, I was rolling my dice at theirs, hoping to knock their dice out of the ring. But that's how you luchador. It's a fun game to watch. Uh, it comes with a belt. So if you win, you win the belt. And you can play tag team. And uh, so Kevin and I uh, teamed up, uh, and we were uh, we just... And here's the thing. It's happy hour at the hotel. And so there's people going around and there's snacks and all these gamers are there and they're all playing these different games. And here's the thing. 
If you are having adult beverages while playing luchador, it is much harder to keep the dice in the <laughs> ring. And as you go and you can actually pin the guy, if the guy's about to get pinned, he takes his dice and he has to roll them. And it's kind of like Yahtzee where he has to keep rolling to get the same things and he gets three rolls because it's a count of three. And we're all sitting there and you make that first roll and everyone on the t- is slapping their hand on the table like, one, two. And if he gets on, everyone's like, oh, People kept coming up to us and like, what are you playing? And we're like, Luchador! And like, where do you, and we told them where to get it. We sold at least seven or eight copies Had of this to. game. Had to. Because they were like, they went the next day to, they're like, we're going to get this. Because it's so much fun. And we had such a good time with this game. Um, I, I can't say enough about that. And it plays so quickly. And that's part of the fun with it. Um, but it's it's really good, and um, I'm so glad. And, in fact, if the guys from sixth grade are going to be there next year and we all wind up in the same hotel again, I will definitely be bringing <laughs> Luchador because, well, they're going to want a rematch. And it's not a big game to, to transport back and forth, which is always nice. No, it's a, it's like I think the box is it's a, about, I think it's about 10 by 10. Yeah, I was going to say like 9 by 9 or something like yeah, that. It's, it's small. not even with about 3 inches deep. Because so, really, um, I'm all about the space. Yes, um, what else did we pick up? Now, we did pick up um, Donner Dinner Party. We did pick up Donner. No, well, did we get... Well, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, now, when we were there, they had little demo-y stuff um, they were giving out. We got... You know when you go to, like, the KFC and they give you the little plastic sleeve with the napkin and the fork and the spoon and the knife? They had those with Donner Dinner Party marked on them. Uh, as as well as wet naps. <laughs> um. <laughs> and again, for for people who may not be familiar with the Donner Party, uh, the Donner Party it was uh, it's a it's a wonderful American story. Uh, frontier people who were heading west go west. Uh, everybody told them it is far too late in the year to go west. You're never going to make it through the mountains with the snow. Um, the Donner Party met a guy who said, "I can get you through there." And he didn't. They got halfway through the mountains, got snowed in, got stuck, and they wound up... Um, they had a result of cannibalism. They wound up eating each other. To survive. And so this is the rowdy game of frontier cannibalism. Uh, ages 12 and up, 4 to 10 players. We don't get to play it too often because you do need a lot of players. Um, who can you? I'm going to just read the back of the box because I love it. Who can you trust when everyone tastes the same? It's the winter of 1846, and you're a member of the ill-fated Donner Party Wagon Train. Halfway across the Sierra Nevada mountains, you've been snowed in. When the food runs out, there's no choice but cannibalism. Worst yet, in this rowdy deduction game of suspicious scoundrels and secret motives, some of you will sabotage the effort to forge for food in order to get a taste of human flesh. Who will avoid becoming tonight's dinner and make it off the mountain alive? And you can literally play cards where you find food and you can keep people from eating you because you have food. And not everybody is a cannibal, but then some people kind of turn to cannibal. And if you wind up being the cannibal... Uh, it, it almost reminded me a little bit of Battlestar Galactica, where you had the the hidden Cylon, <laughs> but here you have the hidden cannibal. And we this realize game. that this game may not be for everybody, but if you have a slightly macabre sense of humor, go to your local game store because it's it it's funny. I mean, here's a card: it's squirrels feeds two players. You found squirrels. Uh, snowshoes. You can add extra hunting cards. Medicine counteracts all poisons, makes all food edible again. Hatchet. You may play after you are voted to be eaten. Like, this game is just, it's very macabre, but it's its a lot of fun. It is. And so we went with that one as well. 
was I think there was one I was I think there's only one other game we picked up. And that's because there was no way I was saying no to oh, yes. Bob Ross, the art of chill. That's right. And if you don't know who Bob I waited Ross, a long time in line for a ticket for that, by the way. And I appreciate that because I was not there and I was like, ah, I can get it later. And you're like, dude, they have it here. You can get it. Um, if you don't know, just go type in. You can go to BobRoss.com or you can go on YouTube and just type in Bob Ross. And it's available at your local Target as well. He's the guy with the big afro who paints the happy trees. And this whole point of this game is there's a there you, you have an easel and you put up one of Bob Ross's paintings and there's little spots on it that are open. And you also, the, the game board is his palette and it goes from warm colors where you start all the way to cool colors or chill colors can you be as chill as bob ross who is always calm and quiet and stuff so um you basically on when the pictures come up you have to get the right type of brush and the right colors and if you can get them played and finish the painting you get more chill points and then you can and bob is also like a a part of the game like he's also painting them too so can you reach complete chill uh before any of the other players and before the master of chill himself, Bob Ross. Um, if you like Bob Ross, you're going to love this game. If not, it may not be for you, but it's Bob Ross. And let me just point out that David's been a Bob Ross fan for years and actually has been u- uses it to teach his classes as well. So um, David is no fly-by-night Bob Ross fan. I've been a Bob Ross fan since I was. Uh, I think we have. I think we have Bob Ross on VHS before we got it on DVD. So, really, a big Bob Ross fan in David. I watched. The, I watched the the the. That's the joy of painting. I used to watch the Magic of Oil painting with Bill Alexander, that crazy German dude, before Bob Ross's show came out. I used to watch it with my grandpa. Like he just thought he was crazy. He thought he was hysterical, and now I watch it. Morgan watches it with me. It's 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 awesome. But uh, so we picked up those games. I mean, there's so much going on there. If you've never been to, I mean, you got to understand the size and scope of just the room. There's 30 or 40 rows, and we're talking rows that go back. I mean, what's that? At least 50 yards. It's, yeah, it's you know, big. Uh, it was just just seller after seller after seller. Oh, Games Workshop was there. Um, the the community crew was there, like Eddie and those guys. I actually sat down, Eddie. Gave me a demo game of Shadespire, which anyone listening to this now knows what Shadespire is because it's out. It is just about one of the best things Games Workshop's put out in the past couple of years as far as their little mini games goes. Um, that's where I got to demo that. Um, you know, there's guys, and but there, it's, and it's not just if if this is the first time you're listening to this and you don't know that much about Gen Con, as you know, Heather goes to a lot of the crafty things, but they've got all sorts of stuff. They've got weird belly dancing classes for that. If you're into film, they've got people making small independent geek films, and you could go to that thing. They have the seminars for writers, seminars for podcasters, seminars for movie makers, seminars for cosplayers. Um, what else? They've got people selling jewelry. They've got authors selling books. They've got fantasy and sci-fi artists selling their work back there. Although um, I will say, um, I'm a avid con goer. I go to probably eight or ten um, fan type cons a year, 
and uh, they could eight definitely- or ten. That's true. I'm going to start going to more tournaments. That you heard it here, folks. I'm starting to go to more tournaments. This is ridiculous. Uh, no, it's not. Um, but I will say their their artist alley is a little lacking. If you um, like the to look at the artists showcasing their work, that could always use a little improvement. It's it's just not huge. But I mean, really, Gen, I mean, Gen Con's mostly about the gaming. So, but it does include all sorts of uh, things. Let's talk about that one non-gaming purchase that um, that uh, I made you do. I, which what are we talking about? The storage system. Oh, in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, How it, could you forget? I could. Obviously, I just did. I know. Um, in it is a giant duffel bag made for, and it's big enough to carry your coffin box games, your small games. So if you're going to board game night, you can pack three or four games into this and it's made for board games. Um, what's really cool. And we picked it up and I've started transferring some of my, uh, smaller games into it. Uh, settlers of Catan goes in. I was going to say, um, I think our settlers is going in there cause I think ours is an original 93 94 release it was one it was one year it, w- it was released it got game of the year and then this was like that so it was but it was still that first edition of the game so if y'all want to see a vintage settlers the, of Catan, we got it i remember i brought it over to grand's house and we we're gonna play and i opened up nobody I'd be like what is this what kind of version is this i'm like uh the, the like what colors are these houses i'm like this is the original set They're like you're kidding me i felt old but in it, they come with these little uh, binders, basically. And when you open up the binder, it's got it's got a little it's got sleeves to or like you know pouches to put in the board for the board game and the rules for the board game. Um, it's got all these little ziplock or uh, zippered pouches that slide in there to hold all the different tiles and pieces and dice. And so, if you do have a game that maybe the box is getting old, or maybe you don't want to be transporting all that stuff, you can literally take these these little binder tight and they zip shut, mm-hmm. um, and they They're fit about right in there. Eleven by eleven, I think, square around that size. Yeah, and then and then it goes into this large duffel. I think it's init dot com. I n i t. I think that's the website. And if you check it out, um, and it, it's fantastic, like. They've, in fact, they just started now coming out with uh, slightly larger little cases you could put them in that you could buy. So if you buy a game that comes with a few miniatures, uh, there's foam. There's like pluck foam to put the miniatures in uh, for your game so that you can slide it in there as well. But they're like, you know, if you don't, if you want to use the pouches and transfer your game over, that's fine. But if not, you can literally like easily you can put Ticket to Ride in this game with a couple other a couple other games. Um, you know, the, 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 those big fantasy flight games, those just monster size ones, you can get them in there. It is a, and you can literally, they, they were showing when they packed stuff in, you can get 10, 12, 15 games in there if you, if you're packing it right. Uh, so if you're going for like a gaming weekend, everything is in one pouch. You don't have to carry cases with all the different size boxes. All and the worry stuff. about your boxes opening in that, you know, I'm right. not, I'm not one to advocate spending lots of money on. Things to hold devices, things. yeah. Um, but this is actually worth it if you've got some games that, um, like ours, that are old, or you just want to transport better. These are um, I almost, definitely the way to go. I wasn't going to buy it because I'm like, this is. I know. I mean, I said you should get this, and I think you were shocked. I was because it was. Uh, it was. Um, not, it was not cheap. 
And so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and you were like, yes, get it. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll get it. So we did get it, and I cannot uh, say enough uh, about how good this uh, this pouch is. Um, I absolutely love it. So um, I'm trying to think. I think that was just about everything we did. And I then, think so. Yeah, and then Saturday we it, oh initgear.com i n i t g e a r dot com. I will definitely give them a plug because I love these cases. And I'm one who doesn't want to get rid of the old boxes or anything like that because I love to keep all my stuff and I my OCD doesn't allow me just to throw things away. But as far as transportation goes, everything fits in here. Mm-hmm. And it's small and it's compact and you can take it with you. Now, you can't put in like a Shade Spire right now or that type of stuff, although they do have some of the stuff that you can get that has, like I said, the pluck foam. Um for the miniatures games, it's brand new stuff. Like, they just kick-started that. So I don't even think that's available. I'm hoping that they're – and I'm guessing they'll have some at Gen Con this year. Oh, I bet you they will. Because it's supposed to ship right around Gen Con time, so I'm guessing they'll have some there. So I'm going to definitely check it out, and I'll get back to you guys on the next episode of Garage Gamer Gen Con in about – well, it should be 12 months, but now it's going to be more like eight. Um, but I'll let you guys know about that because I will definitely check that out. Um Oh, well, one of my favorite subjects, as you can tell, well, listeners can How much you love me? Yeah. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> my uh, God, did you see Morgan's face? Morgan is sitting on the couch, like, reading a book, head popped up, like, what is he saying? Oh, not reading a book. You're on your phone, of course She's on her phone. She's 15. Reading a She's book. Not- How stupid of me. <laughs> Literacy's for losers. So. Well, as as I'm sitting in my... Star a not like like I have my, only one my Star Wars shirt like you have only one yeah yeah for like a, and my hoodie there was a Star Wars miniature out there oh we did yes we did get to see the I didn't get to play the demo but we saw the demo for Leg- uh Star Wars Legion which most of you guys have probably heard about and if not when this comes out like it's either out now or it's it's either been out for a week or two or it's coming out in a week or two uh it's 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 got like little. It's got the little uh, measuring sticks and stuff like X-wing or uh, Armada, but it's and it's got it's got the all specialized custom. You need custom dice from fi- Fantasy Flight. It's a Fantasy Flight game, so there's a lot of tokens and a lot of cards and stuff. But it's Star Wars, and it's the Star Wars. I mean, it's, it was Darth Vader and stormtroopers versus Luke Skywalker and rebels. I like Star Wars. You're a fanatic. This whole house is full of Star Wars fanatics. Um, plus, they had tables that really looked like Star Wars places. Oh, the sta- the tables are cool. And I asked them, I go, "Are you guys going to sell this? Like, is this terrain? Like, you're going?" And they're like, "Nope." And I'm like, "Ah, oh. like those were special made for them." And I was like, "You guys could have all the money. Mm-hmm. Here's if you all made, the money. If you made Star Wars terrain like that, you could. I mean, Legion's going to sell stupid anyway." Um. My name's in for the one at, at Unique Gifts and Games. Um, but, uh, oof, God, that game looked so cool. It, it does. Just yeah, well, it's great. like, I think it's like anything else from Fantasy Flight. They take the time and it looks good. Okay, now, guys, listen, listen, listen. Um, 
So Heather doesn't play miniature games really because she doesn't like to paint and she's not interested in that, but she's like a Star Wars fanatic. So don't tell her, but I'm thinking this might be the game that I get her into miniature gaming. And if that happens, we all win because then more gaming, more gamer. So we just cross your fingers on this, guys. Don't say nothing to her. But if we can get this going, I think if we can get her into Legion, we might be able to get her to try Age of Sigmar or even the Batman. So cross your fingers. Okay, back to the show. So um, Wait, wait. Or what happens is she feigns interest in a miniature game, has David paint up Stormtroopers, she takes them to work and puts them on her desk, and then it all dies. Oh, I'm not buying a game for you to take the pieces to work. Are you crazy? You should see my desk. It's awesome. Yeah. Stormtroopers are... I, that's what it's missing. I'm missing Stormtroopers. I am not painting Stormtroopers so that you can take them to work and not let me play with them. I'll play with them at work. So go buy some action figures then, woman. Come on. But these you would have painted with love. Oh, that's right. That's the special ingredient. Love in every brush stroke, right? That's right. You'd be bringing them home and being like, um, the black in the stormtrooper's eyes is not exactly even. I think you need to recover it. You'd suddenly turn into comic book guy. <laughs> Worst paint job ever. I demand you redo this. Maybe. So, oh, Legion. How could I forget? I don't know. Because it's been four months, and we talked about all this stuff already once, and it's like out of our system. But... um that's everything we did at Gen Con, that I is. think. And then we drove home and after we, we stopped for gummy bears uh-huh. and, and flavored popcorn. Yes. You got to stop for the gummy bears. And the flavored popcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. Um, did you want to talk about upcoming things? Such as? I don't know. Um, oh, yes. Um Well, I don't know. See, what... I'm kind of new to this. Oh, so... we're recording another episode of Garage Gamer, if, if not... Right after this one, then relatively soon. Wait, hold on. And um, it is it is nine sixteen Central Time, dude. I gotta work tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm. Oh, uh, well, remember, I was I'm sauntering into work tomorrow, sauntering. and then going to the gym, and then maybe going to my desk. See, but then oh, well, I'll just leave the equipment up here, I guess. But I don't want to hear that it's in the way then, because I ain't lugging this stuff up and down the stairs. Um, you so, didn't take this upstairs anyway. Harrison I, did. I know, but I, I, hey. <laughs> I'm dying. See what you did. Made him do it on his birthday, too. Happy birthday, Harrison. Hey, it's your birthday. Take my equipment upstairs. Listen, so we went to go see The Last Jedi. Now, this is a family that is Star Wars fanatics. I have. We been, have even converted Morgan at I, this point. I have been a Star Wars fanatic since I was five. And, the fir- and I remember the first time I saw Star Wars. We can do this whole story during the next Garage Gamer. We're covering The Last Jedi. We're going to talk about that because, oh, since we're back and we're doing once a month, um, we're going to cover a wide range of topics. But this is something that's fun for me and the whole family. And I know a lot of people have seen it and a lot of people like it. We're going to we're going to chat it up now, depending on when this drops, I, this might already be out, but we're going to record it right after this. Um, and it will be extremely spoiler heavy. Yeah. David and I have been talking. It's been out almost a, I don't it's know, it's been, been a, a week, week tonight. And we talk constantly about it and right. read constantly so there's there's lots of um you got you got a, coming you got a family full of star wars fans here now i'm i'm gonna throw this up. heather might be the more voracious fan right now but i'm the fan who never left 
I didn't ditch even during the prequel trilogy when you didn't even watch. You were like, I didn't watch. Did, you didn't watch them till like a month before The Force Awakens came out. No, did no, you? no, 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 no. I, you yelled at me for not seeing Phantom Menace. I'm sorry. My mother took me to London when I graduated from college. So I missed the opening of The Phantom Menace. I saw it when I got back. Um, oh, did you? I did. But then you didn't see the other two. Because uh, I remember we were sitting watching because you hadn't seen them before. We were sitting watching. We, no, I no, I saw was... I saw Revenge of the Sith. I saw parts. I had, and, uh, admittedly, not in a the theater, but I had seen parts of Attack of the Clones, and I never want to see that again. Yeah. Sorry. So. Sorry. Although even watching even watching that, we watched the prequels, and I remember us having long discussions about how there's actually a really cool story there that just wasn't focused on because Lucas was making a hot mess. Uh, excuse me. There's a lot of things I like, even though I don't even like Attack of the Clones. That one, the story that he didn't bother to actually tell, but just dropped little weird hints, was probably one of the better stories in there. So, but we went to go see. Yeah, but but I would say over the last three years or so, I've devoured just about everything. I can yeah, pick up. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. It's gonna be spoiler heavy and argument heavy and discussion heavy. This one is so divisive, it's worth doing a show on. We haven't done shows, even when we did Garage Gamers, on the other episodes. And we had thought about it, you and I. Yes, um, we have. But we never, it never, we never got around to it. But this one, it, people either absolutely love it or, or are saying it's, it's the biggest betrayal in the history of filmdom. So um, we're, we're going to do that. So if you want to hear another two people's opinion. On- <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear two more silly opinions on it but listen in but we'll talk it through and we'll talk about the stuff that we think was going on and stuff like that too do we we do a lot of star wars in this house so we may actually have insight like actual not just oh i thought that was cool um of course you may think we don't but you won't know until you listen so how about that that's true all right so um i think that's it i think you're right i think we're wrapping it up so uh folks thanks for listening um and uh you can if you enjoyed this, um, well, you probably already listened to the main show. So keep listening. Give us a nice review on iTunes. Uh, if you have anything you want to say about this, you can go to Garage Hammer Facebook page, which just type in Garage Hammer Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can email me, uh, David at GarageHammer.net, or you can leave us a voicemail at the aforementioned number one seven five seven gh show 6 and, and I uh, don't have an email that I'm giving out. No, that's cool. You can just, if you want to talk to Heather, you can email me and I will forward it on to her. So, uh, hey, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you in um, about a month with another Garage Gamer. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. 
That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back. Yes, we, we all are. enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that's Gen Con in a nutshell in about an hour, chit-chatting with all the stuff we did and the fun we had. Um, if you do decide to go to Gen Con, bring your wallet because every year I say I'm not going to spend too much. Now, the first time we went, uh, the first time Heather and I went, we came home with two full-on suitcases full of stuff we bought, all sorts of games and stuff. Uh, this year, we came back with one small, like, travel size suitcase of stuff that we bought. Um, but it, you you can lose your mind buying things here really easily. There are so many <clears throat> cool games. Um, now, this year, plus, I did get the Big Trouble in Little China board game. Uh, I'm still waiting for that because that was a pre-order thing that we did while we were there. And I'm actually supposed to be getting it in the next, hopefully in the next, like, about a month. It should be showing up. I'm very excited about that. Very excited. So, um, but there's so much cool stuff there. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I really did. Uh, and that's like a taste of Garage Gamer. Now, um, it looked like, and I announced last uh, last episode that we had hit the the next, the last sort of stage uh, in our of. Uh, in our Patreon. And unfortunately I spoke too quickly because we're not quite there. Well, of course I should have shut up because with the holidays and stuff, people made adjustments and things like that. Um, so we're not quite at monthly garage gamer episodes. However, because I thought we were Heather and I recorded one, uh, and we talked the last Jedi for a really long time and, um, picked it apart sort of scene by scene. Um, sort of like my book reviews and my After Eleanor reviews and everything else I do. Just really sort of overanalyzing it. We disagreed on a lot of things because she loved it and I only sort of liked it. And that was after I got used to it because I hated it the first time I saw it. But that's a spoiler, I guess. Um, so we talk about all that. I'm probably going to release that in a few days. Maybe maybe a week, depending on how much time I got to get finish the editing and get it put out. But um, I recorded it and Thought we were doing that, and then that's not where we're at. But well, I'm certain we'll get there eventually, and Garage Gamers will come back regular. But give it a listen. If you like it, you know, let us know what you think. Um, if it comes back, we're also going to be doing stuff like, I know, Alex, you and I were th- thinking about uh, discussing Batman mm-hmm. on one of those episodes. Um, you know, I've also got, I mean, heck, we could talk all sorts of games. There's... You know, we could talk Blood Bowl. There's uh, Necromunda. Um, there's, I mean, there's just all sorts of different games and different things that have come through that, you know, once a month. I'm certain there's some geeky thing that I am all excited about that's not necessarily AOS that we can discuss. And if we get to that point, we'll be doing them. So hopefully you enjoy it. I would love your feedback on it. Um, 
I did have one thing I wanted to ask the audience, and I don't have this in my notes, Alex, because I'm kind of curious, and I'd like to know what you would think, too. You know, we do these book reviews, and they're long, you know, when we cover all the lore and go through the all the, you know, do the lore side and then do the gaming side. You know, it winds up being a good, usually three to four hour show. Mm-hmm. And what I'm wondering is, um, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put up a little, uh, what do you call a survey or whatever? You know, a poll. I guess is the word for it. Um, I'm wondering if maybe breaking it up into two parts and not necessarily two episodes like the like the like because we do two episodes a month, where you do one episode the lore and one episode the gaming because. At the rate they're putting out books, if we do spend a full month on one book, that would we'd be far so far behind. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering even if maybe just breaking it up and just releasing it into like literally just releasing it like one day after the other, like doing, you know, our the toolbox and the lore in one, and then going into all the gaming on in the second, splitting it up into two smaller, easily digested parts would be something people would be interested in. I'm curious as to what you think about it. Plus, then, if I check the downloads, I can see which part people like the most because we can see which one gets downloaded more. Are you talking about using our listeners as guinea pigs? Oh, no. I'm just talking about I would be able to... I, it, would, it would break that up into two parts, and I could use our uh, analytics to, uh, you know, to, to, to find out what's more popular. Not that we would cut one out. I'm just curious as to which end of it is more popular with our listeners. We could try it. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking maybe, like I said, maybe I've put up a poll. So kind of check the Facebook page or the Twitter or something like that. See if I put that up. I'm I'm just curious what everybody thinks about it. If they just would rather sit down in one giant chunk or if maybe splitting into two parts might be easier. Then at least you, hey, if you like, if you like both things, then you can always listen to both. But if you're just interested in the lore, you can listen to that. If you're just interested in the... In the in the scrolls and how Alex can turn it into filth for you, uh, you know. Can do that. <laughs> hey, you're better at that than I am. You find these things. I don't know. You're the one that's always like, you could do this. And I was like, ooh. So I don't know. I'm just I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking of what we could do new and a little different in 2018. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So those are just some of my ideas and some of my thoughts. I would like to know what you, the listeners, think. And you can let me know either on the Facebook page or on Twitter. I am at Garage Hammer. Alex is some kind of geek thirty. Or you could check us out. Also, uh, um, we post up the show notes uh, in the uh, the forums at uh, TGA community every episode. So you let us know what you think there as well. I think that's it. Is that it? I hope so. <laughs> I think we got everything. I think so. We should definitely uh, just, I want to remember to thank our newest sponsors, Chris Huell, H-O-U-L-E, and the Neons for their support of the show. Thank you again for being part of the Almost 1%. And I think that's it. So, as we always say, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, 
garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>